to another exciting episode of the Epic Roundtable Show right here live on the PSN Radio Network. I am, of course, Angel Espino, also known as The Jackal, and with me on the panel tonight is none other than Johnny Alpha. Hey, Say how's hello, it going, boss? Um, how you doing? And the return of the wolf himself, the compassionate wolf, Oscar, is back. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Good, how you doing? <laughs> now it's a short panel. We're missing a few folks. Uh, well, we're missing Zod Ryder, but we're going to go on. We have a lot to get to tonight. But before we continue with uh, the news, how you guys been? Especially you, Oscar. You've been MIA for a minute here. Yes, I have. It's just that I've been um, pretty busy with a lot of different things and trying to reschedule the show to um, to um, reflect that. So it's <laughs> a lot of a lot is going on. So. Oscar here is the international man of mystery, the real international <laughs> man of mystery. You live uh, an exciting life, my friend, I-, I will say. Well, thank you. I do try to, you know, this is, you're only living life once, so you might as well try to live it as much and as exciting way as possible. So. Yolo, Wait a second. Baby. Hold on, hold Yolo. on. What, what about reincarnation? Hello? <laughs> yeah, but reincarnation, you could come back as a chipmunk or like as a beetle or something like you don't know I, when I, you're going to be a human again. You got to work your way back up the the ske- um the system. The ladder. I mean, well, that, what if like you're like a really good person? I mean, wouldn't that mean the next time you come back, you're going to come back as an even better person? Yeah. Why would you go easy. like? I mean, why would you go down? You to, might like, come back as like a the cockroach level, like I Mother Teresa. Re- imagine Mother Teresa reborn as a rat. Why would that happen? That's no. That's well, not no, cool. I, I think like if you're good, you get reincarnated as like a house cat, like a really one that's like taken care of and really well fed. <laughs> that would be awesome. A house cat? That would dude, be they, horrible. I look, <laughs> Seriously, I look at, Jesus. I look at, no, my dude, my cat's got it made. I would love to be one of my cats. <laughs> well, that sounds like a personal problem. What do you think, Oscar? Huh? Yeah. All right, it might possibly be yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, no whatever you guys Whew. do to your pets, man, Jesus, but whatever. I, I take good care of my my pets, man. I take oh. good care of my pets too. I don't, yeah, yeah, it doesn't get crazy. No, like of no. course. But as a as an intelligent human being, would you want to be want to be reincarnated as something less than what you were? Um, not not no. me. Well, how how do we know cats aren't smarter than us just because they don't speak English? I mean, come on, Oscar. They don't That's, speak uh, English. I don't. They don't. Doesn't <laughs> seem to be a very exciting life to me. So, <laughs> in my point of view. Well, so. I'll tell you this much: cats are pretty smart. I mean, they they poop outside and then they like they bury their poop. That that's a sign of intelligence. Yes, yes. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not criticizing their level of intelligence, but their level of intelligence compared to ours, I mean. I mean, my nephew could do the same thing, but they, they say he's mentally retarded, but that's not either here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I had a really cool experience today, gentlemen. I was segueing away from this uh, disturbing conversation we're having about cats. Uh, <laughs> I went to Toys R Us for the first time in, in a few weeks. I haven't been there probably like maybe four or five weeks. I usually like go, uh, you know, just to see what's new. You know, not in a weird way or anything. Because it's a good store. <laughs> No, that's the place where a kid can be a kid. Come on, right. Michael. <laughs> just because I'm a 37-year-old guy walking in Toys R Us does not mean anything weird. Look, just because I have no kids and I still go to Toys R Us, it's not mm. weird. There's something weird going no. on, okay? Nobody but has I, jumped to any conclusions. I'm that's just saying. I don't know. You guys are looking at me all weird. They call you Amber Alert <laughs> Espino where you come from, don't they? Jesus. <laughs> no, but I usually go to see what's new in the in you know the aisles of Star Wars because they have really cool stuff there all the time. And now with the movies coming out, Episode 7, The Force Awakens, which comes out this December, as we all know, right? We're all aware. Mm-hmm. They have just gone crazy at Toys R Us, uh, putting all kinds of, of really cool Star Wars related stuff, toys, uh, shirts, you know, you know, video games, and all kinds of th- different things. And uh, they've really gone crazy with the toys. And I had this like this voice hit me today. I was driving home. I, I just had gotten a, a job done on my on my car repair work, and I'm driving back home and I'm passing by Toys R Us, and I'm like, I should stop. Something tells me I'm going to find something really cool that I haven't seen before. So I stopped, and I walked into the Toys R Us, and I started walking around in the Star Wars aisle, and again, feeling like I was 12 years old, because that's what Star Wars does to me. It makes me feel like a 12-year-old kid again. And I'm passing by a bunch of toys, and I see the coolest new set of Star Wars toys that I've seen in years. In years. It's a collector set that has all six films, or all the six movies are represented. Not episode seven or eight or nine yet because they haven't been made, but the first six are represented with a collector's box set of four action figures. Uh, the one uh, for episode, which is one I got by the way, uh, episode um, four. I'm sorry, yeah, episode four. Uh, New Hope has uh, man, it's just so badass. Well, actually, no, I got. See, I got episode four and I got episode five, episode six. Sorry. Episode 6 has uh, Luke Skywalker, Wicket. Little Wicket? Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep, that guy. Uh, It has Boba Fett, and it has a stormtrooper. One of the troopers, actually a a biker scout trooper. And uh, I got that one, and I got Episode 4, which has Han Solo, Chewbacca, stormtrooper, and C-3PO. I was looking for Episode 5, which has uh, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and has a, a droid. Uh, but they didn't have that one. They don't. They only had episode one, two, three, five, and six. They didn't, I mean, four and six. They didn't have five. But this is like the coolest box that you're ever going to see. It is you know what, badass. You know what figure I want? Because I've seen it in a, a clerk's comic book. It's Luke with his hand cut off screaming, holding oh, like that's a stump. Awesome. Like, I, I want a, a handless, shrieking Luke Skywalker figure. Like, they should really make it. <laughs> <laughs> you press the button and he just says, No! It's impossible! Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, the box set is... Uh, let me see if there's an actual name for just the collector's edition on this thing. Digital release, uh, commemorative collection, collection commemorative, uh, and then it's in French. I don't know why. Uh, La Star Wars, we oui, oui, exactly. Now it's cool because it, it's a big box and it has all four action figures in it. And when you like, you look at the sides of it, you can actually see like little scenes or still or still scenes from the movie because it kind of looks like a bookend when you put them on. You know, side by side, so you see all the episodes. It looks really, really cool. I, you know, I'm going to post uh, some of these pictures. Uh, from the box set on, uh, on Twitter later, so you guys can check them out. Uh, maybe even post them on our website on Facebook, The Roundtable Show. And uh, cool. I highly recommend everybody go to, go to Toys R Us and pick them up if you're a Star Wars fan. 
They're really, really neat looking. It's a digital representation of the original. Well, not, not a digital. It's an actual representation of the original action figures that came out in the 80s. So these are like a throwback to the original, original toys. Oh, okay. I thought maybe they're like those new... Um, I forget. They're called like Black Label, I think, where they're like really articulate. No, those figures. are awesome too. Yeah, the Black Label ones are badass. They, they have a cantina scene where it has Han Solo and Greedo. And this, of course, the famous Who Shot First Greedo did. Right? <laughs> no, they shot at the same Obviously. time. Come on, man. Oh, that was a special special edition. They shoot at the same time. Come on, everybody knows that. Uh, George, what were you thinking? Uh, no. But anyway, yeah, Han <laughs> shot first, everybody. Even in that little black series thing, it, it looks like he shot first. <laughs> the one major mistake that he... See, if he would have admitted that and, and not put that in the uh, special editions... If he would have just kept Han shooting first, I don't think people would have been quite as upset with George Lucas for the special well, There editions. would definitely be one less thing to preach right? about. That's because that was like the big one. I mean, that was like the one that that, that changes an entire character. That's the big like that. one for A New Hope. And then, like, I don't really have any gripes for um, Empire, really, but the, what he did, uh, Return of the Jedi, was total shit, man. I'm sorry. Well, I, that's that one's arguable because I, I don't really like the original ending of Return of the Jedi with the the nub nub. Well, no, 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 not, not nub, nub. I like the, the way they changed Anakin, that. Anakin but Skywalker. That's the no, uh, not Anakin well. Skywalker either. Like the the stuff on that was for the, the yeah, but that was for the, the that was for the, the Blu-ray new song and stuff. Yeah, it was awful. No, I saw it in the theater, man, and I have the VHS tapes with the original recuts. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. the uh, Anakin replacement with, with Hayden Christensen. That was only for the Blu-ray edition. Yeah, Don't I they got Tupac on there now, too? I saw, a picture on... logic. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a picture on YouTube with, or on Facebook with um, Tupac there, so I think he belongs yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, seriously, if they're, they're, if they're going to do replace that scene, Anakin is replaced by Hayden Christensen, then they should have replaced Obi-Wan also, because why would um, Anakin be his young self and Obi-Wan still be the older version? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, that's... Yeah, the only uh, logical explanation I could think of is, well, Anakin was a Jedi when he was young, Obi-Wan was still a Jedi when he died, so maybe, yeah. Well, he was, re- the Darth they Vader was re- Jedi's where they yeah, were but he was, he was, re- he was redeemed, redeemed at the end of Return no. of the Jedi. Though. Yeah, but so he was he redeemed was a... of, you know, of being in the, of the dark side, but he didn't become a Jedi again. He was technically he was a Jedi side. again for that brief second. He never stopped being one, he Too just brief. kind of like was an evil Too brief Jedi. of a second. <laughs> Too brief of a second. <laughs> it's enough to qualify for his ghost being uh, his younger version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, look, let's be and, and let's be honest. Version. Let's be honest, guys. His it's younger, not like acting version. It, it, uh, let's be honest. Uh, Hayden Christensen needed the extra paycheck. It's not like he's getting a lot of work these days. He needed that extra, you know, day's work. I just saw a movie with him and Nicolas Cage. It was a straight-to-video. What was it called, man? Like, I almost got it. Just oh, it was a proved my point. It was a, very much. It was a witch movie or something like that. It was a warlock movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were, it was like some Left kind behind? of movie. Exactly. It's got, like, the new yeah. generation or some crap like that. I was, like, laughing. Was it, is it Left Behind 2 or something? No, it wasn't no, Left Behind. No, <laughs> I mean, no like, Left Behind actually played in the theater. This was one of Nicolas Cage's straight-to-video, which is pretty much everything else that he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless it's something about... Uh, Religion or artifacts or some crap like that, you know. Then then they go they go in the theaters. That's really about it. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little like bit of Washington. weird news personally too. I um 
BB King passed away, and I, I'm oh, kind of yeah. I'm kind of really broken up about that. I'm a huge fan, big fan of the blues period, and like his passing, that's that's really sad. But he he had a great run, you know. what I mean, like he was almost ninety years old. That's a pretty good run. Yes, a very good run. If I could live to be ninety, I think I'd be very happy about that. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good amount of years. In fact, I think after seventy five, eighty years old, I mean, if you pass that age. Everything else is just gravy from that point on. So, <laughs> oh, that um, Nicholas Cage movie I just remembered is called Outcast. That's what it is. Never seen it. Wow, and that that name completely fits both the actors in it. That's yeah, great. Hayden Christensen and Nicholas Cage. <laughs> that's it. Can you believe that Nicholas Cage almost played <laughs> Superman? Yeah, I, I'd like to see that documentary. Supposedly, it's quite good. <laughs> I think he would do yeah. better than Henry Cavill, to tell you the truth. Oh, here we go. Oh, on, Henry boy. Cavill. I don't know about that. Henry Cavill's a fine, fine Superman. Yeah, but he Come can't spaz out like Nicolas Cage. You see Nicolas Cage is like, Lois, I told you, Lex is going bad. I mean, come That's on. That's true. Man. That's true. <laughs> I actually want to see Nicolas Cage as Superman now after hearing Johnny Alpha say that. It makes the experience a whole lot more, more worthwhile, I think, having him as Superman. I mean, he Make that happen. Kid, he named his kid Kel L. I mean, come on, man. Oh, it's he clear he's a fanboy. Yeah. Yeah, he did have Action Comics number one too for a while. Yeah, and also that's why he went bankrupt a couple of years ago. He bought that in like some 1960 um, Ferrari. Yeah, and he's just like, "Wow, I don't have any more money." <laughs> how does how does Nicolas Cage go bankrupt? I'm sorry, this dude's been making millions of dollars for years. You know how much an uh, you know how much an Action number one costs, man? Uh, how much? Uh, some ridiculous amount of money, man. Almost well, as much the as a detective. The last one, I believe, was sold for about $1.6 million. All right, he has to have more money than that. I mean, seriously. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's ridiculous. No, no, no. no. Think... He bought that, and he bought a bunch of other really weird, like, expensive comics at auction, man. Like, it wasn't just that. He bought a bunch of shit and, like, then found out he didn't have any more money. I think his problem was huh. he was mismanaging his money because he, he was buying Clearly. a lot of property. He had... He had a house in New Orleans. He had a couple other houses. So then he just stretched himself too thin. But I mean, he's always working. I do see Jackal's point. I mean, like even with the straight to video, he has like four out a month. I mean, he's like doing Takashi Miike style. He just like works. So he should have. I'm I'm pretty sure that he got a pretty good payday for the National uh, Treasure movie or whatever the crap that's called. Yeah, and he's actually he's been announced for the third one too. So it's definitely a go. He must have more more illegitimate kids than Dewey Cox, man. I mean, to run out of money. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Walk hard. The only thing I can think of, man. (laughs) I'm looking at his IMDb page, and just in 2015, he has, let me see, one, two, three, four, five movies in production for 2015. (laughs) Jesus. Look at 2014. One, two, three, four. Four movies in 2014. 2013, one, two, three. Only one in 2012. Look at that. It's amazing. He must have been tired or sick or on drugs or something. <laughs> 2011, one, two, three, four, five movies in 20. Like, this dude is constantly working. How the hell is he broke? Ever? I don't know. There's that theory. That I mean, I know cocaine's stuff. a hell of a drug, but Jesus, how much blow is this guy spending his money on? Well, no, no. He, it might not be blow. It might be like some kind of weird blood thing. Because like, there's that theory that he is a 700 year old vampire, and there's, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's photographical proof behind it. So like, there might be some truth behind it because he really is going through the money fast. Ah, <laughs> uh, that would be really funny if it was actually true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. A little weird, but actually really funny. Uh, Nicholas Cage, I, I don't get how he's broke. I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, he, he can be broke. <laughs> I mean, he also got the uh, the Ford Coppola money. I mean, he's Francis Ford Coppola's, what, nephew, son, brother? His nephew. Lover, I, whatever it is. I don't know. He's a he's ne- nephew of Francis. Yeah. But he doesn't I mean, he, get the same. He doesn't go with the same name and stuff. So he's not like Chris and Sophia and Roman. Well, he, wanted, he wanted to change his name because he didn't want to write on a name when he was starting his acting career. So he well, right, he, and he also didn't. He also he didn't want to be himself after Luke Cage. So and he also <laughs> didn't want to be like associated with those talentless Coppolas that like came out in his generation, like Sophia and Roman and stuff. I mean, like honestly, like I get that their dad was talented, but I mean, they like they have proved ah, Sophie, time and time Sophie again. Sophia's a very Sophia's what, a very what? talented director. Come on. Yeah, what has Sophia Coppola ever done to you, man? She's she's a fine director. <laughs> she directed the Virgin Suicides, then that crappy Lost in Translation movie, and like I, I just gave up on her after that. Oh, and her awful performance in Godfather Three. I, I thought she was actually, fine in Godfather Three. I, I actually see because she was she did a good job in Godfather Three. I yeah. think it's people. Are, I've been criticizing her to <laughs> ad infinitum for no reason. I that, think. and I think she's absolutely gorgeous to boot. I mean, are you serious, man? Dude, she can eat corn through a picket fence with them choppers, man. Jesus, you, oh, she's wow. all yours, bro. <laughs> are you serious, bro? Okay, have, whatever. You go. You go she ahead. Does and have date. Great, she does have a great smile. You I'll go ahead and date Bucky O'Hare, there, man. I, I'm cool. <laughs> I think she's pretty. Yeah, she Buck, is. Bucktooth or not. <laughs> but I mean, you, you know this she... in translation, right? She made Japan look. She made Japan look boring and depressing. How do you do that? Only well, only a couple of can, I guess. May, maybe we could now finally uh, put to rest what made the uh, Phantom Menace such a, a hated movie. She was also in the Phantom Menace. Was, was she? she really? Yeah, she was in the Phantom Menace. You guys didn't know that, huh? Mm, uh, I don't remember. I, I knew Kira Knightley was, but I don't know if she was. Yeah. They were both in that movie. She hmm. played uh, a character named Sashi. Ah, one For of the great seconds, or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's like one of her last gigs. She did that, and then she did a movie called CQ in 2001. Next, next time, CQ next time. is great. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I have not. CQ is brilliant. You just, right after the show, <laughs> see it. Hmm. CQ. All right, it's that, that good. I put that what on my it, bucket list. What What is it about? I mean, just CQ, like briefly, it's, a, it's kind of it's kind of like uh, this filmmaker. You you remember the movie Barbarella, right? Nineteen sixties yeah. of Jane Fonda. Yeah. Well, yep. this is kind of like an alternate alternate version of the making of a Barbarella like movie, and it's really quite entertaining and funny as hell. And the music is incredible, so it's highly recommend that movie. Her her brother actually directed it. Roman. Which I one? Roman. Man. CQ. Roman. Yeah. <laughs> You just have an issue with like the whole Coppola family, don't you? No, I like Francis, <laughs> I like Francis Ford Coppola a lot. I think he's a hell of a director. yeah. But like you have a thing against his kids. Like, man, what's wrong with you? Well, I've watched the, I've watched their stuff and I don't like it. Have you seen Movie Forty Three or whatever that's called that Roman did? That was an awful film. <laughs> I'm sure some people like it. I haven't seen it personally, but I'm sure it has its fans. Yeah, people that want to see Hugh Jackman with nuts on his. Hanging from his face. It's mean, <laughs> an awful movie, you know, bro. The big mystery about that movie is how he agree, how he got all those actors to agree to those do those parts. I mean, that's a, that's amazing. That's that's well, a story told, in itself. He told him it was going to be a classic, like Kentucky Fried movie and Groove Tube and like those movies like that of the past. And like you can see, it was trying to do that, but it epically failed. I mean, in my opinion. and on a six million dollar budget too, by the way. 
And then yeah, it probably kind of the, actually... It's almost similar to the mystery of how Peter O'Toole agreed to be in Caligula. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know if he. Well, was he ever told that, that was going to be, you know, X-rated? That's a, do you know? Or? That's well, a good question. <laughs> he must have been because there was nudity on the set while he was filming. Well, there was I mean. nudity on the set, but it was tasteful. You know what I mean? Like with the right. actors, like it was different. And then they had. Well, a I, I don't know. I don't know about that. With, yeah, no, no, no. Well, it, it, if you it, watch it, it, there's like a midget giving a blowjob. I don't know. It's not very tasteful, if you ask me. Just... <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying, Jack, is the, it was two different filmed movies. They filmed the actual movie Caligula, and then Penthouse came in and formed all, filmed all the pornographic stuff, and then they edited it all in. If you see, like, the pornographic stuff does not fit with the actual film with, with Peter O'Toole and Malcolm McDowell and all of them. There is sex and nudity in that, but it's not you don't see any of like the main stars junks or anything in it, man. Like everything else well, is like extra. I believe Malcolm McDowell fed that guy's um, balls to the, to the dog in that one scene. So he was at least part of something. <laughs> yeah, and he, also fist, yeah. he also fisted a guy, but I mean like they didn't actually just show it. You know what I mean? Like, it, what a, they just alluded movie. to it. Uh, it's alluded. I mean, it's a movie about Caligula. The guy fucked his own sister. I mean, what did you guys expect? Well, like, Jesus, exactly. the same I mean, thing. Like, I mean, it's a movie about, like, one of the most disgusting historical <laughs> people ever, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly, so, I mean. <laughs> the fact that it was made in that time period was kind of just odd anyways, and then you get the really yeah. bad, um, the sequels that, what's that guy's name? The dude that made the Emmanuel movies did? Like, there were sequels to Caligula? Really? Not not really official ones, man, but, like, they were called Caligula 2 and 3. Oh, what's his name? He's a really bad Italian director. He did the uh, Emmanuel movies. Like, oh, he's awful. Uh-oh. Well, don't um, watch him if you get a chance. Like that's all I'm trying to wasn't say. Wasn't planning to. <laughs> maybe they were maybe they were hoodwinked because there's in the 1970s. Um, PBS created this miniseries called I Claudius, and maybe they, the penthouse people said, "Hey, we're gonna make another I Claudius," and maybe that's how they hoodwinked them, hoodwinked them or something. <laughs> hmm. That is a good question to, to find out if he knew. Yeah. At any point yeah. no, well, when no, he signed that contract, because I mean, I would I would assume in in the contract that he signed to be in that film, uh, in the language that they, they should you know that probably or there should have been if there wasn't I'd be shocked, but there should have been a discussion in, in there somewhere about what the movie was about, the rating of the movie, like what they were going to do with the film, uh, what his participation in the film would be, and how the final outcome of the movie. I mean, all that stuff gets put in contract before you 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 know you do a film. Yeah, yeah and exactly. I mean like. The, the director was never shy about coming out right away and saying that he was a huge fan of the film Salo, the 120 Days in Sodom, <laughs> wanted to make his own version of it and hired as many actors from that film as possible to be in Caligula. So, I mean, like, I don't know, like, how it, like, that eluded anybody's mind. It was like, okay, I want to be in this film. It's going to be, it's historical. It's like, no, it's going to be about things going in boot holes. <laughs> Didn't you watch Salo? <laughs> You know, there's a really messed up story or something that happened to me when I was in high school uh, with the movie Caligula, and uh, it was in, uh, I don't know if I ever shared this story with you guys, but it was at, uh, in, in social studies class. That's right, I said social studies, it wasn't a personal thing. Oh. Uh, I was actually in class one day, and the teacher, uh, who I will not name because I don't want to get him in trouble if anybody's listening, uh, <laughs> but he's a really, really cool guy. In fact, he was one of my favorite teachers growing, you know, throughout my high school years or or in school, or my school years, period. And uh, he would, you know, often bring documentaries and stuff for us to watch. And one day he shows up, and uh, we're gonna we're writing about Caligula and about you know that time period and stuff. And and he shows up with the movie Caligula. Now, in his defense, wow. he hadn't watched the movie, 
he just went and rented a copy from like his local video store, which wasn't like a Blockbuster Videos, one of those little mom and pop stores. He just went and rented a, a VHS copy. Okay, and there is a clean version of Caligula which schools show. Mm-hmm. They gave him the X-rated version, oh, and he, man. he just he asked for the movie for the school. He had no idea there was an X-rated version. He had no no clue. And when they gave it to him, you know, he took it to the school. He never saw it at home. He just put it into the VHS machine, and and we started watching it. So, you know, the lights turned down in the class. He puts the tape in. He turns the movie on. He goes to sit down at his desk, and he's, like, looking down, about to start grading some paper or looking at something. I don't know what he's doing. And all of a sudden, you hear, you know, the very beginning of the movie, you hear, like, the, the, the noises of sex happening, right? And he looks up, and there's people, like, giving blowjobs on, on the screen. Now, as oh, wow. you can imagine, as a teacher, this was terrifying for this man. Oh, yeah. I have, I've never seen a person leap over a desk like this man. He just got up and jumped right over his desk like it was not even there. And he sprinted, like, less than two seconds from his desk to where the TV was, which was across the room, and jumped right in front of the TV. For the life of me, I don't know why he wasn't turning off the VCR or the TV. He just kept putting his hands over the screen, uh, yelling, not to watch, don't watch, don't watch, stop watching, oh, my God. And we were like, dude, just turn it off. And he like, it took him, like, at least ten seconds before he figured out to turn it off. And then he finally did, and the man was terrified of what was going on. We all laughed. We thought it was absolutely hysterical. And he begged us not to tell our parents or to anybody at the school because he would be fired. And, you know, he was terrified. Like, the dude started breaking down in class. Uh, We were all like, wow. We were like, dude, we're not going to say anything. Don't worry, you know. In fact, not a single person in that class told their parents or told anybody at the school. He never got in trouble for it. Why? Because we loved this teacher. He was a great, great teacher, and nobody wanted to see him get into any kind of trouble for that mm-hmm. and uh, we all kind of held that little secret but it was absolutely the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life I, I mean this dude just completely jumped from his seat <laughs> flew over the desk and then in, in a moment of absolute hysteria just started covering the TV screen with his palms <laughs> yelling please don't watch just stop watching oh my god what's going on what is this <laughs> yeah, it, I would never forget that scene like if I ever write a movie or a comedy about teens, I'm putting that in a movie. <laughs> it is a great, it would be great to see that. Like, well, that should be like an, an American Pie 10 or something like that, right? Yeah. That's cool <laughs> that you guys were cool enough not to tell them, because there's that one um, Spanish substitute that, like, went to jail for showing kids ABCs of death. So, I mean, like, like they kind of really throw the book at those guys that they accidentally do shit like that. So, I mean, that's kind of cool that you guys covered for them. Oh, yeah, no, everybody was like, dude, don't worry, we're not going to say a word. And it was funny, we all passed. That year, like, <laughs> I wonder why. Well, I mean, well, I mean, like, he, he realized we all got excellent way. grades, man. It was, it was. I barely did any work. I had a B. If he got to the point where, like, he kidnapped all the senators' wives and they had the big orgy going on in the boat, like that would be one thing. But I mean, like, he he stopped it right at the beginning, so like he was cool. Yeah, it was only like maybe the first five minutes. Four or five Which minutes. Which does it? About it. Like if yeah. you if you got the the regular version of it, yeah, it starts right out with that shit. So I mean, yep. <laughs> I mean the first few seconds, there's a midget get, getting a blowjob. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, people. It's there, and so it's it's rough. <laughs> it is a rough movie. Yeah. <laughs> that well, was my introduction far, to that kind the- of porn. <laughs> as far as disturbing films go, it's actually not that bad. But like, yeah, for its time period, I'm pretty sure it's it's brutal it really is yeah guys we're gonna go to a quick commercial break when we come back we got roundtable news so stick around more show 
in a minute. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology, preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application, Mobile Talk Radio. Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. TalkStream Live now available in the iTunes App Store. There's a war going on in the streets. It's the War on Thirst. Sprunk is winning the War on Thirst with the new grenade-shaped cans. Hey, yo, pull the pin and blow your thirst right off in that brand new taste explosion. Boom! That's the sound of refreshment. Sprunk, go AWOL from the Cola Wars with an energizing mix of lemon, lime, ten times the caffeine and sugar. Plus, mercury and benzene for that extra pop. Yo, it'll bring the temperature right up and the bubbles. Other beverages use carbon dioxide. But use ether to kick up that phase. Thanks to all that mercury, you won't remember anything that tasted so good. Now pick up a Sprunk Thermonuclear six-pack. Kill thirst and liven up the party. Toss your friends a Sprunk in the grenade-shaped can and enter the Sprunk sweepstakes where you can win a real case of grenades. Sprunk, blow your thirst right off in that brand new taste explosion. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Night out on the town. $75. So. 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 How about a blowjob? Getting the nerve to ask such a question? $12 bottle of wine. Are you crazy? My parents might say. Oh, come on. Who's going to see us at this hour? I'll return the favor. Wait, can you imagine if we got caught? Oh my God, what my dad would do to you. There's nobody around. Everybody's asleep. No way. It's way too risky. Please. I love you so much. Actually using a line like that? Another $12 bottle of wine. I just can't. Please? Dad says to go ahead and give him a blowjob. Or I can do it. Or if need be, he'll come down himself and do it. But for God's sake, tell him to take his hand off the intercom. 
having a girlfriend whose father has a sense of humor? Priceless. There are some things money can't buy. For everything else, there's MasterCard. Roundtable show right here on PSN Radio. And now we got some news for you. Johnny Alpha, what's first on the roundtable? Well, the kind of biggest thing that's kind of popped up and caught my eye is that Asia Butterfield, the kid from Ender's Game, is reportedly confirmed to be the new Spider-Man. And I think that's pretty cool. He's a good little actor. So yes. that's kind of what's going that, on. That is awesome news. I actually really, really like this casting. Uh, Andrew Garfield was cool. Tobey Maguire was awesome. Uh, but this kid actually, I think, would fit the mold of the new Spider-Man uh, for the Marvel Universe uh, really well. I mean, he was excellent in Ender's Game. Oscar? I totally agree. I Personally, I've had the opportunity actually to talk to him on two press um, roundtable events. And uh, one at WonderCon and one at Comic-Con. And he's a He's an intelligent, funny guy, and he's perfect as Spider-Man. I mean, he's got the he's got the look, and he he looks like a Peter Parker. And he's he's got that mm-hmm. slender build that's perfect for you know a person who's essentially a teenager, which is what I hear they're trying to do with this particular. Well, he's eighteen of, years Spider-Man. old, so I mean, yeah. he's eighteen, and he yeah. looks 14. he looks fifteen or fourteen. Yeah, he does. He looks exactly. really young, yeah. which is perfect because they're going to go back to the high school years of Peter Parker because we need to see that again. But yeah, but he's he. A is, perf- he he is funny, though, you said, which I, 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 I only seen him in Ender's Game, and like he is an amazing dramatic actor, but I didn't yes. know if he could do the humor he's, or not. No, he's, hol- he's hilarious off, sc- off screen. I mean, this, they're going to really tap into his, 
this sense of humor, but he's so funny. He was so funny with us in the press. It was, it was amazing because we were expecting this, you know, this Shakespearean actor, which is what he essentially is. He's this very dignified actor who's had a number of serious roles. But, you know, off screen, he's hilarious. <laughs> it, was, it was like a comedy routine. It was, it was, I'll have to play it one day, some of the stuff we're asking him. Is, it's epic, epic stuff. He's so you think, you think you'll, he has that humor that you need for, for Spider-Man? Then? Cause, yeah, look, that's, that's one of the things that, that Toby uh, you know, got criticized for, that he wasn't funny enough as Spider-Man. Uh, and that's something that Andrew Garfield got you know, praised for, for being funnier as Spider-Man. Uh, you know, this kid has, I think, really has what it takes to have that perfect balance. Uh, but do you think he'll be better as a Spider-Man in that area I, as, than the other two actors that first, previously paid personally, him? I, personally, I think he'll be the best Spider-Man ever. That's how, that's how, Whoa. Yeah, that's how wonderful I think this casting uh, is. So well, that's what, I, that's what I'm hoping for. So, I mean, and like when I heard yep. that it was going to be the Ender's Game kid, I was just like, wow, he, he's an amazing actor. I mean, like that's the only thing I've seen him as. I've seen um, trailers for like the kid in the striped pajamas and a couple of his other films, but I haven't actually seen him. So I know that he is a very good dramatic actor, but it's really, really reassuring to hear that he's good at the comedy too. Yeah, and the yeah. only thing I'm worried about is I hope they don't – Rehash the origin once again. We uh, everybody, no, every, no, they're everybody in the mainstream, that... yeah, knows knows he was bitten by the spider, you know, so on and so forth. We don't need to see it again. <laughs> well, they're promising that they're, mm. they're not going to cover it. They're not going to do an origin movie. So, um, at least right off the bat, I I, I think that maybe they do a flashback or two. That'll be fine. But honestly, if you don't know how Spider Man became Spider Man, find a five year old <laughs> and ask him. Exactly. I you know, look, and I'm with you guys. I, I I hate the fact that we would have to probably get another origin uh, story out the way uh, again. Uh, but at, at some point, I think they will show how he got bit. Uh, even if it's kind of brief, I think they will show it. And I'm actually not against them showing it. I think it, you you can relate more to the character when you see how he got to this stage in his development and how he became this person. Yeah, we all know how Spider-Man became Spider-Man, uh, but this is a different Spider-Man than the ones we've seen before. It's kind of like the same thing that I had uh, against uh, right. Superman Returns, for example, where Superman Returns, yeah, we have uh, Brandon Ralph now playing Superman, but he didn't get his own origin story. He didn't get, you know, we, we never really related to him as Superman because, you know, we didn't see him as Superman. We didn't see how he got to that stage. You know, we knew that Christopher Reeve was Superman. We well, knew... he was supposed to be... He was supposed to be playing the Christopher Reeve Superman, though, right. right? Wasn't that supposed to be a sequel well, to the Yeah, well, it's, it was supposed to be kind of like a semi-sequel... Uh, not really a sequel. What it was really this is kind of like what I, I take from Superman Returns. It wasn't so much that it was supposed to be a sequel, uh, but it was a movie layered in a universe that everything that happened to those first two Superman movies happened to this Superman also. So basically, is, that backstory is his backstory, but is not Christopher Reeve's Superman. Is Brandon Routh Superman with the okay. same well, the backstory? Way, the way I've always looked at it is basically as Brandon Singer's homage to you know Richard right. Donner's films basically and so we all we know we know where the superman came from right down to practically the way uh, brandon ralph delivered his lines which was very christopher reeve-esque well no it wasn't so just know. christopher it wasn't just christopher reeve-esque i mean some of the lines were directly taken from superman and then superman too i mean some yes. of the dialogue was completely copied right out of that but the the point being though i mean in a sense uh, you know one of the major flaws i always felt of that movie was the fact that we didn't see that origin Right off the bat, you know, right. we didn't see how Brandon Routh became super or why he's Superman. We well, never got that backstory from him. Well, the way the way I see it, and like I, I agree with you, like Asia Butterfield is not going to be 
the Amazing Spider-Man, and he's not going to be the Toby Spider-Man. So his right. his origin should be slightly different. You know what I mean? Because you know how they completely did their own origin with the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Correct. So they should do a little something like that with Asia Butterfield. But I think I hope in when they, he shows up in Civil War, like he's just Spider-Man. They don't even talk about how he became Spider-Man. And then in his first film, they kind of do what they did in the Daredevil movie show and just show flashbacks midway through the movie. Yeah, that's all they have to do. Spider-Man. They don't have to completely go all out and and redo the origin from the very beginning again and show you know twenty five minutes worth of it. No, you could actually you could do a quick origin run through right in the in the the. Opening credits of the movie for the first five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we could do very simple. We could do something like that. Would be perfect. While you watch the credits, you watch his origin. That's fine. Right. Okay. I mean, that'll be an easy way to get everybody to the point where, okay, now this is Spider-Man. This is we we, we can invest in the character a little bit more emotionally. Uh, I always felt detached from the Brandon Routh uh, Superman movie uh, because of the fact that I didn't know his backstory. Uh, in a lot of these characters, the backstory is very important. It helps you build that relationship with the characters on the, in the on the big screen and it helps you get invest, emotionally involved and invested in, in the story that you're watching. Uh, when you completely remove that, it, you know, it's hard for the audience to really connect to the character and I thought I always thought that was one of the main flaws in Superman Returns I hope they don't do it with Spider-Man here and completely omit some kind of an origin but I don't want to see a 30 minute origin either I don't want to see that <laughs> how weird how weird do you think it's going to be to see a teenage Spider-Man actually be played by a teenager and not a 40 year old for once I mean this is going to be really weird <laughs> That yeah, like finally, high school age Spider Man that's like actually looks like he should be in high school. Right, yeah. They're finally moving away from the nine oh two one oh casting. Yeah. <laughs> well they have a thirty something year old playing a fifteen year old. Yeah. To his credit though, Toby Maguire did look young in Spider Man yes. one. Right? Yes, yeah, he, no, he, he looked maybe like third year in college, definitely not high school. So. <laughs> yeah, and to the to this day, I still think um, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is still the best one. Really? Because I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that he had better movies, but I think Andrew Garfield played the character better, personally. Now, Oscar, I know you met Andrew Garfield also, right? Yes. Now, what was your take on him uh, compared... When you first saw him or met him and saw him as Spider-Man compared to what you're, you're looking at now with the Ender's Game skid, uh, you know, being cast, I mean, what was your first impression? And Garfield was a, Garfield was very, very much of a fun-loving guy also. I mean, I thought he was... I mean, he, he instantly endeared himself to, you know, us in the press room. But, you know, a lot of times in those press rooms, you have to be careful. He's, you have to wonder, okay, is this the actual real person or is he putting a front up just because he's in front of the press? So that's those are two different questions. You know, those are two things to worry about, you know, when you're actually interviewing someone or whatever the case. Like... As much as as much as people hate, you know, Mug G and everything else that you know, the director. When I actually met him, this was actually a very personable and very genuinely likable individual. That before we even started the interviews, he went around to each one of us, "Hey, what's your name?" You know, he's he made an effort to learn our names, and he actually started calling us by our names when we started asking him questions. Is it was a a remarkable, you know, sh- if you want to call it a show, it was a remarkable show. That well, Mick, you know, Mick G you know, is a he's a very good producer and a good um 
idea man he's just not a great filmmaker you know what i mean he can't he can't make a film work but like his shows are great if you ask me i think that he's got something he just needs to work on his actual filmmaking and that's the only problem i have with that yeah i i was very disappointed with terminator when that's that press conference where i met him was right before that terminator salvation i believe it was that was the title of the movie right that movie is it's an it's an amazing you know mystery to me because here you have a Terminator movie with Christian Bale playing John Connor. How the hell does this fail to be a good movie? Yeah, it's it's like Alien Resurrection, man. I mean, like it's the same exact scenario, just a different franchise, bro. Yeah, but here's the thing: Christian Bale rarely makes bad movies. That's what that's what's mind-boggling about. No, no, no. He rarely makes bad movies after he became Batman. He was in a lot of bad stuff back in the day. You seen like Velvet Goldmine and some of the other films that he was in? I mean, that was yeah, a that was a, a bad movie. Was a movie. That was yeah, that, that was, was an excellent film. Yeah, I completely disagree on that. Yeah, that was in a fact, great movie. his resume pre-Batman is what got him Batman. First of all, and New his season. resume. Newsies is a fantastic movie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you seriously right? I Batman? like Newsies. Yeah, I saw, I saw it when I was a kid. Empire yeah, of the Sun. The Sun. That's a okay. that's a classic. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I completely disagree. Christian Bale has been making great movies for a very long. Oh no, time. no, no! no. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that he's a hacker, uh, but I mean, like, he's an actor. He's going to be in bad stuff. It happens, bro. I know that, but it's shocking that, that it's Terminator with Christian Bale. Right off of Batman, and it sucked. Like, that's yeah. amazing to me. How does that happen? And you know, Mick G obviously took the brunt of, of the blame for it, rightfully so, because he was the director. Yes. So I mean, like, now, did he write that story? Because the story was awful. Like the whole Terminator with the heart of gold, and we don't need blood tests. We could just pull the heart right out of the machine and stick it in this guy. I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> well, how does the, how does the new movie uh, make you feel? That doesn't look much better, does it? Johnny now, John Connor. Now, John Connor is a Terminator himself. It should yeah, go by what the poster says. What everything they Spoiler revealed, alert. Uh, everything that they've already let go is very disappointing. I mean, it's just that why would they leak out all of the information? Why do they put him on a poster right? like that list? I mean, unless, of course, they're, they're going to have another surprise that this is actually a duplicate of John Connor. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. I mean, honestly, Probably. there's going to be yeah. a John Connor robot, and like they're going to have to save the real John Connor in one of the sequels to Genesis. I mean, the thing that really <laughs> I like... Genesis. The thing that really got me... The one thing that I like is, is how much Amelia Clark looks like Linda Hamilton. Right? That's the one thing that this movie has going for it, in my opinion. She's a good actress, too. Yeah, yeah she's badass. Yeah. She's I just wish she could be in a better film. <laughs> she's a, well, she's so much. She's so much of a sweetheart in person too. She will melt your heart. She's oh really? I, I, yeah. I'm you. Oh. First time I ever saw her was as Khaleesi, man. So like, I just see her as like this ball buster, just like small chick that could just kick your ass because she wants. Yeah, but you got to remember, Oscar here is well traveled, my friend, and Oscar yeah, here knows very, everybody. Very very charming <laughs> actress. I I covered her for the um, Game of Thrones and. You know, I was doing a video she interview. She might feed you to her dragons, though, Oscar. You should be nice, <laughs> I'd love though. to cover her for anything. It was, don't, don't, it, was, don't. it was interesting. The publicist told us, told us that we're adamant. Do not ask any Terminator questions. Whatever you do, and where I was like the big thing. Nobody could talk about Terminator on the, you know, on the press line there. I was like, ooh, I want to talk about Terminator. <laughs> but, Duh. <laughs> is it because they told you not to? Was that the only reason why you wanted to talk about that awful film? I mean, like, honestly, she no. was Honestly, why wouldn't that? I mean, that's really the only thing that I would even ask her about is Terminator. Yeah, I mean, not for nothing, but look, Terminator is a huge franchise. 
It really is. And, you know, it, regardless of... So, I mean, the last two movies were really bad, and this one doesn't look like yeah, it's going to do better. But, I mean, no, but we don't know that yet. We haven't seen the movie. I, yeah. you know, I want to hold out uh, until I see the film before I crucify it as the worst thing Thanks. ever made. <laughs> no, it's gonna then be better. I could do that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be better than part three. I can almost guarantee you that at this point. Point. Well, but I don't know uh, how much. Well, if it's going to be better than part three, then we're okay because part three it was bad, but it was watchable. What? That's true. Yeah, it was watchable. And... The female Terminator, she was cool. Yeah, no, I like Kristana Locke, and I I watch all the crappy sci-fi stuff she's in all the time. <laughs> so, but I mean, like, like honestly, her sci-fi channel stuff is better than Terminator Three. I mean, honestly, agreed. But it w- but she was cool as the female Terminator, and uh, there's some decent stuff in there. Like, it, it was better than Terminator Salvation. I thought. No, I thought Salvation was better than Part Three. Personally, mm, yeah, disagree. On I that. disagree. Yeah, yeah, I disagree. Also, oh really? Terminator, guys... Terminator Salvation was just. It was it was, it was even more so for me that I when I talked to the director beforehand and he he won every one of us over and he was such a great guy and, and I was Charles I was, Angels too Oscar I was completely come on. I was completely on his side I was rooting for him I thought oh my god it's gonna be a great movie this guy's so cool and everything else and it was the utter disappointment walking out of that movie it was, I didn't want to talk Angels about it too. full throttled Oscar <laughs> it's very he entertaining. Did do that, yeah. It's, it's very entertaining and it's very awful. I think it's actually worse than Terminator Salvation. If there wasn't just hot chicks all the way through it, that movie would be completely unwatchable. But well, regardless, uh, he's still the he's still the producer of Supernatural, so I still yeah no I still like that's the what guy, I, so. and he also did <laughs> no the he can produce he did yeah, the Nikita show too, which was a fantastic show. I really had a lot of fun with that one too. But that's why I was saying he's a good producer. He's a good idea man. Like these shows that he gets launched, they're a lot of fun. It's just his filmmaking is what he really needs to work on, in my opinion. And that's the most important thing for him is his filmmaking because he's a director. No, I, I think his TV. <laughs> oh, what's, man. I think his TV is what's keeping him going right now. I mean, he hasn't even tried to make a film since Terminator. I think he's oh, kind of yeah, like yeah. let he's... that dream sail on, bro. I mean, I don't <laughs> think. That... Yeah, and just doing, think he. He's Go ahead, doing well on TV, so he's got no problem there. Yeah, just think he almost also did a uh, Superman movie at one point. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I <laughs> think a How Superman would movie would have been as bad as Man of Wood. Oh, come <sighs> on. You, you know my opinion. I don't know. It's a great movie. <laughs> For me to poop on. And then that's that's in my top top ten list later on, so we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> For me to poop on. That's, that's horrible. I will find him! Yeah. It's fantastic, all right. We should really have a, a discussion one day, like an entire show just about Superman, Man of Steel, and I think we should, and, yeah. You know, just discuss the you know point, uh, every single point of why we like or hate the movie. Exactly, I think and that see, would you know, that have would an, be a but an entire be. show. I, I could do it right now. I I already have an <laughs> adverse feelings against Superman, and the fact that they made a movie to make him even more boring and unlikable just completely. Shatters the entire idea of even trying to watch something about that goon of a superhero. I don't know why you found him unlikable in the movie. I've, he had I've, no personality. Uh, that's true. He didn't, even, he didn't even try to save anybody in the entire film. Like he just a, oh let people just die by the millions. He's a, and like he's a freshman superhero, so he doesn't know the extent of his powers. So, 
That so. doesn't matter. Rocket Raccoon was never a hero before, and he still saved more people than Superman and Guardians of the Galaxy, bro. That's, uh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Superman was against. Superman was outnumbered by a number of crypt- Kryptonians, so he was trying to save, Dude, out, save himself. Did you see what? Did you see what? <laughs> The accuser ship did to the Nova Corps. Did that stop Rocket Raccoon from going down there and shooting <laughs> the pink people on that planet? Did hate him? Did lock him up? No, Rocket Raccoon is a scoundrel. He's Han Solo with fur, and he saved more people than Superman. All right, <laughs> he's got you by the balls, Oscar. I hate to say it, but he's we don't know true. what the body we don't know what the body count was in the Man of Steel, so it's hard to say. Okay, and then we'll go in. We'll go into Avengers two really quick and. Let's see, the Kick-Ass and the Red, um, as Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch were villains, and then they turned around and saved more people during a war with giant evil robots made out of vibranium than Superman. Those robots were giants. Those robots were humanoid size. There there wasn't one giant robot in there. No, no, they were... Ultron was a giant. He's no, no, about they, they weren't tall. giant giants, but they were really big. They were like they were taller than any of the, the Marvel heroes. Did you? Remember? It was bigger than an NBA player. That's a giant. Okay. Well, I no, mean, Ultron were... was the tallest one in there. He was about maybe nine feet tall, as far as I could estimate. That's yeah, giant, if you ask me, dude. Yeah, that's not a giant. <laughs> a giant is fifty foot or more. That's a giant. Well, that's also a giant, but nine feet—that's pretty big. It's a giant. That's a yeah, but that's a, no, that's a small that giant. is a titan. That is a titan. That is a titan. It's kind of like he's like that's like Pluto. He's giantoid. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, if he's bigger than any of the guys that play in the NBA, he's a giant. End of story. I agree. <laughs> See, yeah. My issues with Superman: Man of Steel goes back, uh, goes even further than just the the whole uh, him not saving people. I mean, the storyline was ridiculously stupid uh, in every aspect, especially the the villains. Uh, desire or the villain's uh, plot points, I should say. Uh, just the, the entire storyline was just completely written by a twelve-year-old, apparently, because that's what it looked like. That's what it felt like. I mean, the movie was just sloppy. The villain, uh, the, the villain was driven by vengeance, and I don't. Which think was it, stupid. Which was well, completely stupid because he's a general. In a, he's he's a general for his people, right? He should not be yes. driven by vengeance. He should be driven by doing what's right for his people. Period, right? And he right? was he was driven now, by that. Uh, but no, no. Was, he, but here's the thing. Here, here, here's where the movie's okay. major flaw is. Hold on. If that if his drive is to save his race, right? Mm-hmm. To save his people, to bring him back to life. Yes. Why would he go to a planet like Earth, right? Destroy the population, terraform the planet, and then try to bring his people back on that planet, where now they're all going to be living like Earthlings with no powers. Where if he just goes to that planet, gets the the Codex, and starts rebirthing people, his Kryptonians, they could stay on the same planet the way it was before, and all has superpowers. Why would he not just do that? He was he was driven by stupid. Vent. It's he was stupid. driven by his what he felt he was betrayed by um, Jor-El, right? So that colored every one of his decisions when he escaped the Phantom Zone, basically. So that's obviously going to drive him and cause him to make illogical decisions from perhaps your point of view or my point of view. And the planet that, of course, Jor-El's son is on is Earth. So, of course, he's going to try to damage Earth because that's Kal-El's precious planet now. Which is another so, stupid, which is another stupid just, mistake. Look, so he's... 
again, but again, he, we're talking about a guy who's a general, right? He's, yes. a, he's a war general. He's bred for this. He yes. should be strategizing. He should not be letting his emotions get in the way. No, he should. He should completely strategize. In fact, in the Milky Way, there's a lot of planets. In our own solar system, there's a lot of planets. In yes. fact, Mars is right next well, door. Why don't they just call it as Mars? In the movie, when the, the, he watches his dad's little videotape, he tells them that they had colonies thousands of years ago. Right. Like, if their planet was being destroyed, why didn't they just go to one of the colonies and not die on... I mean, like, the whole movie is just retarded Stupid. And it makes no sense. The, the movie just made no sense. And then, of course, they lifted the entire storyline of Superman Returns with the bad guy wanting to make land. New Krypton on Earth. Same storyline, different bad guy. <laughs> yeah. This guy who was terraforming the planet to create new Krypton. Lex Luthor was terraforming the planet his own way with a little, you know, the crystals, and he wanted to create new Krypton. Same storyline. Well, he basically you see what I'm talking about. Now. <laughs> you could see it like that. That's fine. That's your opinion, and I accept that. And you're, of course, entitled to it. But I, I, I see it completely differently. Sorry, I mean. For one thing, Superman, as I stated before, was a. We were seeing the beginning of a character that was beginning to realize his own powers. So he didn't realize it. He didn't know what he could or couldn't do. And that whole scene with, um, for instance, his dad in the tornado, right? He didn't know whether he could actually oh, save him or not. That's right? a, no, no, no. That's a, no, 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 no. Dad, that is the dumbest one. Cinematically, that is the worst scene in the history of film. It really is. <laughs> that is the worst seen in any movie I have ever seen, especially a superhero movie. And here's why. In any situation like that, when is the dog the last one that gets out of the car? <laughs> first of all, that never happens. Dog is the first one that shoots out of the car every time out. That's first of all. Second of all, if Clark Kent is running to the car to get the dog out, and the dog is stuck. Who's going to get him out quicker and get back to the line or to safety quicker? Him or Pa Kent? Oh, him. of course, yeah. yeah. He's stronger. He can just easily pick up whatever. Nobody's going to see him use his powers. He's just going to go break whatever is in, in the way, get the dog out, and run back. Nobody's going to see anything. So for Pa Kent to like risk his life, run towards the car, bent his ankle like an idiot, and go through the struggle <laughs> like a moron like he did, and then give him the little wave back, no, 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 let me die. I need to die now. That is by far yeah. insulting to the character, insulting to the mythology. Um, it Kevin is Costner, stupid. It is retarded. Whoever wrote that, and I know it was David, David Goyer, needs to be uh. taken out back and beaten to a bloody pulp. Because that is <laughs> literally... That is insulting in the essence for shithead. That is literally the worst thing I have ever seen put in, in a Superman movie ever in my entire 37 years of, of existence on this planet. Every single Superman movie I've seen, even the bad ones, that is the worst thing I've ever seen. Ever. Nothing will top to, how bad that scene was. Uh, you have to think. You have to think. I, I, I've got to. I've got to add something to. I've got to add something to Oscar. Like this. This boring, moody, limp dick. Seeing Superman learn his powers would be one thing if we didn't have ten years of Smallville before this hunk of shit. Also, Tom Welling learned how to do his powers and save people by season three. Hell, he was well, that, saving people by season wait, wait, wait. one. Smallville, Smallville has nothing to do with the Man of Steel, though. So yeah, no, I mean if if Smallville had something to do with Man of Steel, that shit would actually be watchable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mind you, they did include the uh, the Chloe Sullivan family line in uh, Men of Steel, borrowing from Smallville. Chloe? <laughs> I love Chloe. 
They should have had her in there, period. Well, you know, the, the Sullivan name is used in one of the scenes in Men of Steel. And uh, it, it's a scene where he's getting bullied by the kids and he's, like, in the, by the fence. And he's, like, cowering down and he's, like, holding the fence and he's crushing the fence. And the kids yeah. are, like, just picking in the background. If you see the sign, it says Sullivan's uh, whatever repair shop, which is Chloe what? Sullivan's family. Wasn't Pete, like, one of the guys that beat him up, too, in that? Like, isn't Pete supposed to be his best friend? At least he wasn't small. Well, no, in, think, in, in, in the comics... Yeah, no, Pete didn't beat him up in the movie. In the comics, Pete is his best friend growing up. And in the movie, he wasn't really his best friend. He was kind of like just an acquaintance early on. He does bully him a little bit in the very uh, the bus sequence in the movie uh, where he's just kind of messing with him. But it's not really bullying. He's just kind of messing with him a little bit. And then that whole thing happens where he rescues the kids on the bus and everything. Uh, and when he's getting bullied by the other kids... Petey's actually the one who, you know, gives him his hand and helps him, you know, get up and kind of like, you know, it shows him that he's he's thankful that he, that he saved uh, him. Okay. He, he's like yeah. his friend, you know. And, of course, he then goes in and snitches on him when they're trying to find out where Clark Kent lives right. later on. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you exactly where he's at. <laughs> well, and then he got killed. Screw that guy. Well, he got killed anyways. He was working at that IHOP that got flown. Well, he, he deserves it after snitching on Clark Kent. Yeah. He deserves to die. <laughs> Snitch. <laughs> I think you guys are missing the bigger picture here. That's basically that movie is uh, almost a, a discussion on responsibility and the ramifications of responsibility for our own actions. And every are, everything's. Are you, talking, are you talking about horrible casting and bad writers? <laughs> yes. Is that, yes. The, that the responsibility you were speaking of, Oscar? <laughs> Thank you, David Shit Goyer. <laughs> All right, there's a discussion left for another day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what redeeming qualities is does that movie have, Vinny? I mean, really. It's dark and moody, and there's no sense of humor in it whatsoever. It's like a Nolan movie is what people try to tell me <laughs> online, why it's amazing. Which, uh, it's another problem, because <laughs> Superman is not supposed to be dark and moody. And Avengers movies, they have jokes. Jokes are bad. Man of Steel is serious. DC movies serious. That's all I can give from DC fans, usually. No, that's, yeah, this uh, is why. Uh, yeah, well, Flash yeah. is a lot of jokes. So there's DC as that's a TV. Jokes. That is TV. Yeah. That TV does not connect those shitty movies. And I'll tell you what, yeah. TV is doing it a whole lot better than the uh, cinematic stuff for DC. Right. I mean, have you seen that kid that's playing wow. Flash in the Justice League movie? He looks like a little evil oh. girl. It would be so much better getting Grant Gustav or whatever. Here's, the, here's the thing, and here's another issue I have with uh, this sequel, uh, uh, Crap of Justice or, or Yawn of Wackness or whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> Dawn of Busters. Yeah, Dawn of Imposters. <laughs> uh, whatever you want to call this, uh, this flop in the making. Uh, the casting of uh, Ezra Miller to play the Flash. He's playing uh, most likely Bart Allen again, Barry Allen. Why are they, you know, replaying the same character when they have him on TV? Why not use well, like I'm... the Wally West character or another Flash? Why are they going to go back to, you know, why confuse the audience with two different incarnations at the same time? This is another thing that DC does that just, it completely pisses me off. Because the TV version doesn't look like a little emo girl. They need an emo girl in the movie. Look, I don't care if he's an emo girl or what he looks like. The fact that they're using the same character is what pisses me off. That, that is just, it's completely unneeded. You well, have think, different incarnations of I the Flash. Pick one. I think we're. Uh, I think audiences are pretty intelligent enough. They're able to distinguish, hey, this is the television universe, this is the movie universe, and they can You give the audiences too much uh, credit, my friend. Uh, you know why I say that? Okay. Because <laughs> years ago, the same audience you speak of uh, wasn't sure if the Nolan Batman Begins was a Batman Begins a different story or if it was a prequel to Batman 89. People had no idea. Hmm. And I think <laughs> I don't we remember, just got joined by Zodwriter somehow. 
What was that? I think Zod Rider just joined us. I have just joined you. Sorry for <laughs> being late. An I'm hour sorry late, for Jesus. Being an hour late, being tardy tonight. I was really looking forward to this show. I had a last minute errand I had to run. I'm so sorry, gentlemen. You a shock! Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So how much of yeah? So how much of this conversation have you uh, been listening to? I have not heard any of it. I I literally just got literally okay. just got in right now. Well, let me if brief you in. We're talking. You we're, are the resistance, man. Come on. Yes. What we're talking about is the poor children in Singapore going hungry and being starved to death by the militant, uh, the militant movement happening right now in Syria. What, what's your opinion? Oh my God, that's a little bit <laughs> deep for just getting on the air, guys. I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about that one. Who, who do you think could do um, save more people in that situation? The Fist of the North Star or Goku? I honestly feel that Tenshiro <laughs> from Fist of the North Star could save more people. Okay, okay, but which, which Superman? Tom Welling, um, Dean Cain, Cat, or, yeah. or Henry Cavill would save more people in Singapore? Come on, be honest. <laughs> probably, <laughs> Tom, Henry, probably Tom Welling. Hell, even Dean Cain would save more people than Henry Cavill. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, you know what? Christopher Reeve wasn't on that list, but I know Christopher Reeve Superman could have, too. So, oh, no, no, Just think of the people! He, he even mentioned yeah, it. He I, I didn't want to bring him up because he would have actually saved people, unlike Henry Cavill. It would have just been like, oh, wow, people are dying? I'm going to get some noodles. Speaking <laughs> of Tom Welling, there's a there's actually a rumor that he's gonna be in the Flash. Supposedly. Yeah, I mean it's a persistent rumor too. It's been going yeah. on for quite some time. And I yeah, mean, but didn't Warner Brothers shut like, shoot that likes, down? Hold on, Stephen Amell likes to talk out of his ass, though, man. He says that everybody's gonna show up on that on those shows. Yeah. I don't know if it's gonna happen. It would be well, interesting. What a crit. No, that, that rumor. Actually had a. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Oscar. Go ahead. Okay, no, actually, there's an interesting um, sequence in one of the latest flashes where Gorilla Grodd was jumping up on the tower, and it's clearly tower. the tower yeah. from um, that was used in Smallville. So that's, yeah, I don't know exactly. Not, that's what I was tower. saying. It was the watch. It was the watch yeah. tower from Smallville. And but here's here's the thing: how much of that is you know a foreshadowing of maybe Tom Welling being on the show, or maybe just a nod to Smallville, kind of like the Chloe Sullivan nod in Man of Steel, where they had the Sullivan sign. That's true. I mean, it could have just been a nod to Smallville. It really just could have been Maybe something as simple as that. Maybe we can have an arrow off, man. We can have Justin Hartley fight Stephen Amell on, on or screen. Or maybe, right maybe, the, maybe they'll have a watchtower on Flash, and that's what they were showing there, a you future know, with the most, episode. The most curious thing is, obviously, um, in the new Supergirl television series, there's a Superman exists in that universe, so I'm curious if Superman's even going to make an appearance in that show. So that's well, no, they, they show him yep. in the trailer, but they don't show his face. Yeah, I heard yep. they casted yep. him too, or they were at least planning to cast him for well, I think, Supergirl. Well, I think they actually cast a character to play one of the one of those Supermen that um, took his role when he died, and you know the I believe in the, what, the late eighties. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like Superboy Super or Cyborg, or yeah, Steel. one of those guys. Sorry, Actually, you know, you know who I would have, who I would have hired to be the TV Superman for for that show, uh, Victor Weber, or Webster. Is it Webster or Weber? Victor Webster, I think is his name. Have uh, you guys seen the show Continuum? Yeah, who's oh, he I on that? I've never seen it. Who okay, does he play on? Sh- he's the main guy. He's he's the main detective on Continuum. Carlos, uh, is that his name? <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll show. Sure. 
I, I believe that might be his name. Hold on, I'll tell you right now. If that's his name. I watch Continuum. That's the character's name, dude. Okay, well, that guy. That guy. I mean, he has the voice for it. He has the, the look of Superman. In fact, he was actually up for the running of Superman in Superman Returns and was not given the role over Brandon Routh, who beat him out for the role. Interesting. But, uh, no, I, I think he would actually would have been a great TV Did Superman. Did you he beat him off for the role? He beat him for the role of Superman. That's, yeah, you know, he beat him. He beat him <laughs> off. That's what he did. No, well, yeah, well, that's probably what he, that's what he did for the director. I guess I don't know where I got that job, but <laughs> somehow he got the role. But <laughs> uh, poor Brian Singer, man, he takes a beating on the show. Yeah, well, it is I, Brian Singer. So I'm gonna stop using the word beating in Brian Singer at the same time because it just sounds weird and perverted. But uh, anyway, he uh, he won the role over bad. Victor Webster. Uh, Brandon Ralph did. Uh, does he play? Yeah, Carlos <laughs> Funaguera. 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 Is that his name on the show? Funaguera. Funaguera. Well, anyway, that guy. Victor yeah. Webster. That Is the show guy. any good? Continue. They never actually say his last name. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at his IMDb, and the last oh, name great, is Foneguera. Oh, it's a great show. Yeah, it's a good series. In it's fact, a really I'm gonna... cool sci-fi show. It plays with time play and all, like, all that cool stuff, man. You'll like it. Yep. I like it yeah, a lot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a, a, a picture here. I'm going to link it to you guys on Skype, uh, where he was actually uh, manipped, I guess you could call it, as uh, Superman. Oh, wow. That's called manip, right? Manip, manip, whatever the hell it's called, where they put him in the Superman suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can find one. Cow- That's cowboy up. <laughs> <Don't> know, <man. laughs> but like, uh, check out Continuum, man. Like, it's got one of the coolest like female like heroes on TV, man. Cameron is badass. Like, I, she should have been Wonder Woman, I think. Personally. Oh come on, Gal Gadot looks great as Wonder Woman. No, no, no I love Gal Gadot, but I mean, Gal Gadot. This girl's badass. I mean, like, and she's played on TV as a badass for like. Or seriously enough, in the new um, in the new Furious Seven, she was only in the movie for about ten minutes, which was interesting. Well, that might say something about her acting, though. That's probably why she was only in the movie for a little bit. No, well, they, killed, the pre- they killed her pre- off in part six. So, oh, did I have not watched she was in part uh, seven, four? Though, they killed her off in part six. She was I haven't in seen Furious four, five, seven, or six. Now. So, wow, definitely they killed in her off in part six. six. All right, oh, one at a time, gentlemen. One at a time, guys. <laughs> we keep talking over each other. It's well, it just is. getting kind of sloppy. It's becoming uh, Block Talk Radio all over again. <laughs> Hello? Hello, are we there? Can you hear me? Are we live? Here, check out your Skype messages. I'm, I just, uh, so, someone you eat my link. sandwich? You can't have my cornbread. Check out the link I just sent you. This is Victor Webster as uh, Superman. Somebody have this is old. Oh that yeah, that's in the Dean Cain Superman suit. Yeah, right? that picture is yeah. like years old, man. In fact, when uh, Superman Returns was casting, he was one of the top five candidates out there at that moment uh, for the role. And I was really surprised they didn't go with him because he looks the part more than Brandon. I mean, he looks like a Superman we haven't seen before. Brandon Routh looked like Christopher Reeve's Superman. You know what I mean? So it would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah but that's what they were going for in that movie. They wanted know. Christopher Reeve. So. Again, you should yeah, have been here for the conversation. He's on his right now, and he, he's on this silly television series called Mutant X. I don't know if anybody ever seen that series. Oh, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it now. Have it's probably Canadian, because it? like, Continuum's a Canadian. <laughs> it's a Canadian? <laughs> well, Continuum's a Canadian, Canadian show. Eh? <laughs> 
It was right before Marvel released um, the first Spider-Man, of course. That was when Marvel was recovering all its characters when they sold off so many of them in the 90s because they were going bankrupt at that time. You know, I really, I really do hope with uh, Fantastic Four uh, coming out now, and, and if it does flop really badly, I kind of hope that the same thing that happened with the incredible, with the Hulk character happens with that pro- property, and the studio just says to Marvel, "Here, just you can have it back," because you know we messed up. I mean, the Spider-Man character, right? And the Spider-Man character the Spider-Man. also. I mean, well, no, no, that happened with the, the Hulk. I mean, Hulk wasn't uh, Marvel didn't have the rights to do the the Hulk. Universal had rights originally. Uh, they had sold it to Universal. Remember, they did, they did the original Hulk movie with Ang Lee. Under the Universal banner, yeah. and uh, when the that movie came out and flopped, they're like, uh, "There's something else we could do with this thing." Uh, you know, they don't know where to go, so they give it back to Marvel, and Marvel then created mm-hmm. the Incredible Hulk, and that did better, not much better, because the box office results were very similar, but it was critically, you know, perceived as a better movie, and it is a, a better movie than Ang Lee's movie, and then uh, that led yeah. to him being incorporated into the, the problem, Marvel but... universe. I think the problem with Ang Lee's movies, and I, I actually liked that movie. It was a little bit too intellectual for its own good, for it being a Hulk movie. So I don't think people expected that level, you know, intellectual discussion in such a movie. But such is the case. Once again, you and I have a differ of opinion when it comes to intellectual films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> There's nothing intellectual about that movie. It was just a bad movie, man. Like, yeah, just mutant dogs. That's that's about as smart as you can get in a film, I think. Ah, and, and look, the, the main guy who played uh, Eric Bana, he, he was, he's good. Mm-hmm. I like Eric Bana. He's a, he's a good actor. Yeah, he was great as... Uh, yeah, as Bruce Banner. Uh, he, he Look, Eric Bana is a good actor. He was great as Bruce Banner. The, he could have been a great Bruce Banner, and he could have been a great Incredible Hulk. The problem was the script was bad. The the editing of that movie was really sloppy. The panels, you know, they kept doing, like, the different panels on the screen, trying to... It was just really wacky, which is funny, because they did that shit later on on, on 24, and it was great on 24, but it was just horrible on that movie. Horrible the way they did it on there. But it was kind of like the same idea, with the different panels and, you know, the scenes on the screen and stuff. Uh, I guess Ang Lee was trying to be comic booky with that, and it just, it, it failed. Completely, but look what it resulted in—a good thing. You know, Universal said we we can't do nothing else with this character. We screwed up. Here, see what you could do with it. And that's kind of like what happened with uh, Spider-Man now, where you know Sony's like, well, you know, we 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 failed with the Amazing Spider-Man. So what are we going to do now? So now it's going back to Marvel. And you know, yeah, Sony's a little different though. They're continuing the partnership. You know, they're going to be on board of the production of the future films and everything. But it's still now Marvel's. Uh, baby again. They could control the project. I kind of hope that happens with Fantastic Four because I'm a big Fantastic Four fan and I really would like to see them incorporate into the to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's, well, I think, the, it should happen. I mean, that's the, the first family of the Marvel Universe. At some point, they're going to have to, dude, because the way that the franchises are broke up and the way that the, the companies own them is really goofy because basically the Fantastic Four, they can only really make the two films like the other ones did because they basically only got Doctor Doom and Galactus as villains in the package with them. They got none of the other side characters that show up in the Fantastic Four like Black Panther or She-Hulk or any of the other characters that constantly are involved that make it such an interesting comic book. So and like, you really cannot do an expanded type of thing with the Fantastic Four the way that Fox owns them at this point in time unless they try to tie it to the, the X-Men. Which they could. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Uh, and well, and here's another thing. Now, X Men. Yeah, of course, I don't see is, why uh, not. But I mean, 
it, well, here, here's the thing though. X-Men is about to uh, finish its uh, run of this, you know, current incarnation with Brian Singer's universe. Uh, I guess Apocalypse is going to be the last one of that film series, and then Wolverine 3 would be the last one with Hugh Jackman. So that's going to get rebooted eventually anyway. Uh, it's more likely than not it'll be pretty soon in the next f- 10 years probably we're going to see the reboot to X-Men. Um, if this Fantastic Four movie somehow has a big hit... This could be incorporated into that universe, and they could continue forward. You could stretch, Doc, you know, Doctor Doom for two or three movies, and Galactus for two, or th- you know, for two or three movies, and even bring back the Silver Surfer. I'm pretty sure they still have the rights to use them as well. So. Yeah, no, no, they they have him and Galactus, but I mean, yeah. like, it's such a limited story, especially without having to include other characters involved hey, guys, in the Galactus fights. That, and stuff. Wait a minute, isn't it, isn't it Galacticus? Right, that's a... yeah, it's Galacticus. I was calling okay, Galacticus. Galactus. Yeah. <laughs> Galactus. It, it's like Dark Side. It's like Dark Side and Superman. I was calling Dark Seed, but it's really Dark yeah. Side. <laughs> dark Seed. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, it just, it just looks like Dark Seed, then Dark Side. S I D E. That's Side. I don't know why it's spelled differently, but or Dark anyway. Side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, well, that it, makes it, them sound right. Yeah, yeah, it makes them sound Middle Eastern. We don't want that. Yeah. Like a terrorist and shit. That, <laughs> we can't racially profile our DC villains, Oscar. That's not happening. <laughs> Dark Saeed <laughs> doesn't have the same kind of ring or or terrifying menace. As That's Dark actually Saeed. pretty cool. That'll be the Bollywood version of the. Of the <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, Superman! You're going to get rid of Dark Saeed. <laughs> Come yeah, down, let's Dark go. Dark Saeed showed up at the end of Avengers One. That was amazing. <laughs> I, I'm quoting uh, somebody else, Oscar. That's not actually my my string. I didn't, of thoughts, I so didn't think it was. Okay. Uh, where's that from again? Because I know that I heard that before. But I can't remember where. That's from a guy that I'm not allowed to say his name on air. Remember? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That that twit. Yeah. <laughs> Dark, so anyway, side, dark side shows up at the end. It was amazing. It's like dark side, dude. That's Thanos, you retard. <laughs> <laughs> is it a, that wasn't it pronounced Thanos or is it Thanos? Thanos. I think it is Thanos. Yeah, Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. yeah. My so anyway, bad, uh, I, I, dude. Look, I've been reading these comics for years. Nobody has ever been there to tell me like, oh no, it's actually supposed to be said Thanos. I mean, like I've, I've always pronounced it that way. Uh, my yeah, bad. it's, it's take me a while to. It's gonna take That's me a while fine. to break that. <laughs> like I just found out that Kevin Feige's name is Feige and not Feige. Right? I've been calling him Kevin Feige for like decades, and like I've just found out it's actually pronounced Feige. You know? Well, you've known of you've known of him for decades. Feige. <laughs> how many decades are we talking about? Here? Two, three, four decades. Oh, <laughs> man. And, like, That's right. I, I've known I've known about Kevin. I've known about him since the '60s. You know. Why did you say his last name there? You stopped Six? halfway through. <laughs> yeah. I've known him since the '60s, man. Like he's been he's been rocking he's been rocking the boat for days, man. I don't know. I, I'm just saying. And, like, and I, his name is and his name is pronounced Feige, and he's been rocking yes. the boat. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just weird, you know what I mean? Like you find out that these things are supposed to be pronounced differently than like they look. You know, I'm, I just sound them out phonetically, bro. My bad. And he's the American one here. God damn. Who, me? <laughs> you are an American too, dude. What I don't, are you I don't think Kevin Feige li- has been in the business that long. Had, I was joking like, around, Oscar. Uh, okay. I have- <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sarcasm is lost tonight. Uh, yeah. That, was, that Our- one was lost on me. <laughs> All right, Drax the Destroyer. Like, metaphor. <laughs> 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 
Uh, by the way, an amazing character in an oh, amazing yeah. movie. I think, Still I, love I think of the Oscar Galaxy. would be great as that character in the film. Just paint him green. He kind of has got the look. <laughs> well, that's a compliment. Oscar says you look like a Batista. <laughs> Not quite as bulky as he is. Yeah, you can join the, the WWE. Yeah, but you can bulk yeah, up man, for that. I, I mean... bulk up, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just do the Tom Hardy <laughs> diet, man. Human growth hormone. Get on that shit. <laughs> wow. Anyway, moving on. What else do we have in the roundtable there, uh, Johnny Alpha? What's we next got news? breaking amazing news from Mr. Breaking Simon amazing. Pe- from Simon Pegg that Daniel Craig will be appearing in Star Wars, which is cool news. In a very brief cameo role as a stormtrooper in the background somewhere. It could be just a BS, you know, just him joking around, dude. Because you, you can't even prove that he's a stormtrooper. I, I mean, <laughs> like the covered doctors in the Doctor Who 50th anniversary special. Or when, or when Jerry <laughs> I mean, played a turkey on South Park. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or the rumor that uh, NSYNC was in uh, episode two. Remember the uh, Battle They Royal? were. You can actually look them up on IMDb. They were not. They had pink lightsabers, too. <laughs> you know what? They wanted it that way. It would be it would be really cool. The only way to prove it, of course, is there's a production photographer, you know, taking the behind-the-scenes shots, and, you know, they reveal the behind-the-scenes shots, and then we know for sure he was in there. But, yeah, it's going to be I'll, hard to prove. I'll tell you what, though. He would be a great addition to the Star Wars universe, Daniel Craig. I mean, he's a great actor. I mean, why yeah, wouldn't I think he, he have him? Yeah, I think he would be incredible, too. He'd be awesome. He's would... like Dash Rindar in, like, a Dark Empire movie. Yeah, that'd be great. Or even you could have him be a, a part of the, uh, I guess the the the, uh, the first order or whatever the empire is called now. I have one of the main generals, you know, on the star destroyers or something like that. I mean, in any capacity, I'd love to see Daniel Craig in, in Star Wars. I mean, kind of like the new Admiral Viet type of guy. Yeah, that'd be yeah, awesome. that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, it, that, why not? That's Grand true. Moff, Bo- Grand Moff Bond. And yeah, shit. He, he might be like the great grandson of Grand Moff Tarkin. That'd be awesome, actually. Yeah, General Tarkin to the Grand Moth. See, I was thinking about putting him in that Rogue One movie and having him be kind of like an espionage-type Star Wars character, but yeah, he'd also be good as like an evil Empire-type dude. Yeah, we don't want to typecast him as a secret agent in a Star Wars Oh, no, yeah, we wouldn't want him to get that Liam Neeson buzz about him. Yeah. By the way, Daniel, you're going to be playing 007 in Star Wars also. <laughs> Same character. Yeah. You're going to be a double agent. Awesome. <laughs> Empire 05. That's what we're going to call you. <laughs> Rogue 007. Oh, shit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool news, though, man. I, I like uh, Daniel Craig, so I hope that it, I hope he is in the movie somehow. And it'll be cool if he does have an expanded character role. But um, what else do we have on the round table? We get our first look at Frank Grillo's Crossbones costume for Captain America um, Civil War, which, oh, man, it's badass, dude. Like, have you guys seen the, the yeah, look, Crossbones it's suit? it's fantastic. I love it. Uh, me too. I'm actually really happy that they didn't make him, like, an evil white supremacist in this, so I can actually think <laughs> Crossbones looks cool for once. Because, like, I always, like, when I was a kid, I always read Captain. I always thought he was, like, a cool-looking villain, but I could never think he was cool because he was a goddamn Nazi, you know what I mean? Like, I always had the stigma that you can't think Nazis are cool, so. But now I can Going off topic a little bit, I was kind of upset. I, I everybody here has seen uh, Avengers, right? The new Avengers, of course. Of course, right? yeah. Okay, yep. it was kind of upsetting that you know, a quarter of the way in the film, they decided to 
apparently kill off Baron Strucker. This is a character that has not been realized in the Marvel Universe. I mean, now he's dead or supposedly dead. It's just very sad. I mean, right. It was a complete waste. It was a major villain of Captain America. I mean, he's gone. I mean, it's... So sad. Well, I think that he's probably going to have more time in the extended cut of the film because see the vi- the version that we got in theaters was cut to shit. The movie's actually like almost five hours long. Yep. And like, and like we're actually going to get to see that when the DVD comes out. So wait, like, they are releasing that five hour extended cut? No, but they would release probably like a director's cut or something like that. Yeah, they're gonna cut, they're gonna put out a one with like a lot more stuff in it though. Like I think it's going to be an, another hour long type of thing, like one of the Hobbit. Wow. Types. Yeah, I would love to see that. I mean, easily another hour needs to be seen. Well, because you watch that movie and you can see just like where shit was cut out of it, which kind of sucks. But then when you find out, find out that like, oh, it was longer, and they forced him to cut stuff out. But there is going to be an extended cut released at some. Yeah, point. Yeah, but the fact that they decided sure. to kill Baron Strucker, you know, the the character was never utilized in Captain America whatsoever, practically. Well, I mean, like, look <laughs> at what they did with look at what they did with Armand Zola in part two. I was kind of pissed. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to see the big like TV screen. I wasn't and, so pissed about that. Around, but Strucker, Strucker is more of an important villain. Yeah, he Armand, is, especially the I mean, Captain America. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Armand Zola is a big villain. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he shows on. up all the time. He's always menacing him. And I mean, Armand Zola is about as important as Strucker. I mean, I wouldn't say that he is. He's a minor villain. I think Strucker is a major well, villain. I mean, they haven't even introduced Zemo yet, and that's what's pissed me off. Like, Baron Zemo like, really needs to be involved in some of this shit already. Well, yeah, well, they haven't introduced the other organization, AIM, also, so there you go. Right. I mean, there's a lot of things. You could only do so much in a motion picture, so. I mean, if it was a television series of Captain America, they'd probably have so well, much. Well, they have television that. series where they could bring this shit up, but they don't do it because they're too busy doing retarded, ridiculous, stupid stuff with the Inhumans, like they did on that awful season of that awful show this year. <laughs> Come on, Age of the Shield is good. <laughs> it's a good show. It's, it's, it's a show. I'll, I'll give you that. It's a great show. Kyle McLaughlin's good on it. I'll give you that. That's that's about it. Like Come on. It sucked for the first ten episodes of season one. Everything else has been good. Chloe Bennett is fantastic. Come on. I don't know who that is. Who, who is that Sky? Yeah. She's annoying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next time I see her, I'm gonna tell her you said that. Okay. Tell her well, tell her that tell I her. love her on the okay, show. Okay, I'll I will tell her that too. I like the British girl. She's about the old, my favorite character aside from um, Kyle MacLachlan as uh, Mr. Hyde. He's awesome in that. But I don't know, man. It's just like they could be doing so much with the show, and like they're just like I don't know. It's like really bad. They're building. It's like they're, 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 they're building. Like the they're show. trying. They what made they're doing the Shield is they're building a lot of backstory. That's what they're yep. doing. No, no, the no, show. no, no. You no, just they, have to. They have, they have made the Inhumans into Nightbreed on Star Trek Voyager. That's what they've done. <laughs> You mean Clyde Barker's Nightbreed? Yeah, Clyde Barker's Nightbreed. Do you know any okay, other Okay, I thought you said Star, Star Trek <laughs> no, no, Voyager. No, no. If, <laughs> if Nightbreed, if the Nightbreed <laughs> aliens showed up on Star Trek Voyager, that's what the Inhumans would be, and that's what they are. Like that's what I see them as. They got the horrible ass like Star Trek Voyager clothes on, and like they they look ridiculous. Like whatever they turned the black girl into with the porcupine head and stuff, just like just looks. I mean, like I get what they're trying to do, but like they are not pulling it off whatsoever, man. Like. You guys, you guys know how big of a Marvel fan I am. DC is way kicking their ass on TV. If it wasn't for Daredevil, oh, Marvel, I, I don't know. I Marvel mean, even would not if, be standing a chance on TV. 
I, look, DC is also borrowing a, a couple different elements from uh, Agents of Shield and different uh, Marvel, you know, shows and and stuff. And we all know they're they're copying the uh, the whole uh, rushing the team out, like the the, uh, the Justice League. They're putting that together because you know the Avengers. So there's a lot of stuff that DC is borrowing and copying. Uh, one thing that really was uh, just struck me when I was watching Flash the other day, you know, the um, Cisco and the other girl, they don't, mm-hmm. don't they just remind you of the twins on uh, on Agents of Shield, the British girl and the other dude? So yeah, they're, they're, they're I, the same exact characters, pretty much. I, I, I don't think so. They didn't remind me of them at all, period. Actually, yeah, they don't have accents. Completely. You're totally wrong, Jackal. They don't have well, accents. Well, no, wow, they don't have accents. accents. But it's the they're same exact characterization. Characters. Eh, I don't think I don't think so. The Cisco character yes. is See, nothing like blonde. the male. Cisco is brunette. This chick's redhead. The other <laughs> oh, one's brunette. Come on, man. Wow. dude. The fact that they have the the, the the dude had you know the young girl and the young guy working at the, the uh, agency, just like Shield. Same exact characterization, just different looking actors. Same exact characterization. Okay. I don't know. Just that just struck me as they <laughs> copied a little bit of Shield. I don't see any similarity whatsoever. I'm not hating on Flash though. I like the Flash show, but to me, they copied that from Shield. Mm. Is Cisco even in the comics? Did they create that character? I- no, they created the character. Yeah, he turns into the vibe. He's going to turn into the vibe from what I've read. And Caitlin's going to become Killer Frost at some point. Caitlin was Killer Frost a couple of times already. A couple of times. It seemed like she was Killer Frost anyway. But Anyway, back to the uh, Tom Welling Superman rumor. Uh, thingamajig. <laughs> it's never happening. <laughs> I got I got some cool um like DC news. This is kind of off, but I I saw this on um Collider and I thought it was really cool. Horror icon maker Rick Baker, the guy, the special effects guy, he did a mock up for the um Scott Snyder comic book style Joker with the Texas Chainsaw face. Man, it is brutal. I've never been a fan of that look, but when I saw what Baker came up with, I think that they're really screwing up not going with that in the the Suicide Squad movie. Like aside from that and Will Smith, like. I mean that movie's just <laughs> like, for the toilet. Dude, that movie was that movie probably uh, had such a bad script that that is what forced Tom Hardy to leave that that project. I mean, honestly. Well, Tom Hardy was going to play Rick Flag. That is the character that dies so that Will Smith can take over the team. Would you want to play that fucking role, Jackal? I mean, no, that's a, good, that's, a good, that's a good point. Too. That's a good point. <laughs> So they got the guy from RoboCop who apparently yeah. needs a paycheck. Yeah, they got the RoboFlop guy to show up and like... That movie did not flop. It made money. That's Nick, what I'm saying. Yeah. Wow. It, it's it a cruel, ex- derogatory name for me to call it to piss you off. That's all it is. I, I know I it is. I don't mean that it's a flop. <laughs> uh. And this, this is some weird news because this thing is just on and off and David Lynch is not doing it and then he's back. But like David Lynch says that he's back on board and Twin Peaks Season 3 is actually going to happen now on Showtime, which if you know, it's true, I am so excited mm-hmm. for it. One thing one thing you have to realize when you read these kind of things is that's a standard tactic of producers, directors, actors, and so on and so forth to always say, well, they didn't give me enough money or, you know, I'm not going to do this because, you know, I'm no longer interested. It's always holding out for more money. You've got to right, realize yes, that. Yes. That's, even that's, even yeah, with David Lynch? I mean, yes, like, yes. David Lynch is, you know, interested in money just as much as any of the rest of us, so. I thought he was more interested in like eating mushrooms and writing weird oh, scripts. Yeah. But... No, wow. he's... do you watch his movies? I do. I mean, like I love. Yeah, him, I love the guy. The I guy love the majority insane. of his movies. He's very, very disturbing motion pictures and very original. I, I love his vision, but you know he's in it for the money as much as anybody else. Besides the vision, you know he's he's held out for a higher paycheck and he won. It was a it was a tactic and 
my hats off to the guy. He, he, you know, he was able to wrangle more money off, and he's able to he's going to deliver a great product. So it's win win for everybody. Well, I mean, if he was, if he's not attached to it, I'm not watching it. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't watching nobody else do Twin Peaks. So I mean, like well, the Mark fact that Frost he is... was the other co-creator. Mark Frost was just as important to the vision of Twin Peaks as much as David Lynch was. So we can't. Well, no, no, I, I agree, but like I would want both of them. Is what I mean. And, well, I, I Lynch... do too, and I'm I'm happy that both of them are on board. Once again, but you know we shouldn't forget about Mark Frost's contribu- contributions also. So, you know, people say David Lynch, David Lynch, but Mark Frost was part of it also. So, well, he's the bigger name, you know what I mean? He's the weirder yeah, guy. Of when it's, yeah, he's the one with the weird hairdo and the annoying voice. Hi, I'm David Lynch. You know, <laughs> and, I'm a huge uh, fan. I do not give a crap about Twin Peaks. I'm sorry. I just don't care. <laughs> you would if you would if you I, watched, would watch I, it. I, no, I saw was... Twin Peaks when it first aired. I saw it a long time ago in a galaxy far, far near. And I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. Just a, wasn't a fan of Twin Peaks. Sorry. Didn't didn't care for it. Don't care if they remake it or bring it back or, or whatever. Yeah. Just not a fan. Is, is it going to be a, like a direct like a direct continuation? Like it's, they're gonna It's just... going to be season three. Um, I know that Comic Lachlan is going to be showing back up, and the promo art they have for it is very disturbing and freaky. But they are not saying if it's going to be about Laura Palmer or another case well, like Laura Palmer. Well, but I'm pretty sure line, it will be something like that. There was a line in the original television series that that essentially says, "We will see you again in 25 years," and coincidentally, 25 years is around now. So that's yeah, <laughs> it's coincidence. That's the bizarre yeah. thing about. Yeah. I think not. So there you go. So it's definitely going to pick up the events from the from the previous series. And uh, David Lynch it. probably saw the future through his transcendental meditation that he likes to do, and like he wrote it <laughs> in. It's awesome. <laughs> Speaking of time travel movies, I saw a Hot Tub Time Machine too the other day, and my oh, God, that movie sucked. God. Was it wow. no good? Because like I kind of want to see it, but I'm not buying it. You know what I mean? That's that's for sure. It's a, it's, it's a bad movie, but it has very funny parts in it. If that makes any sense. Yeah, because I like the cast of it, you know what I mean? I really like the cast of that movie, but the trailer just looks so odd because, like, they go to so many different times in it, you know what I mean? Like, the first one was just, like, kind of funny because they go to the 80s and they do a lot of jokes from, like, old um, John Cusack films, you know what I mean? So, oh, no, and this one and this one, they had, like, a little Back to the Future moment where they go into the future on the sequel instead of the past. And the reason they go into the – it's kind of convoluted because they go into the future because the guy who commits the act – that they have to change time, you know, they have to go back and change. Uh, he's from the future, not from the past. So when they go in the time machine, uh, thinking they're going to go back in time to be able to stop them, the machine takes them into the future instead of the past. So they go into an alternate universe, an alternate future. It's very weird, but they even do, like, the little chart, like in Back to the Future, where they show the, the graphic of this is a straight line over a future timeline, this is where it splits off, and this is 2015. You know, the whole timeline type of split, like in Back to the Future. So it was very uh, very reminiscent of that. They, you could tell they were giving that a nod. Uh, and in parts, the movie has a lot of funny parts, a lot of funny dialogue and stuff like that. But as an overall movie, it's just a, a huge disappointment, considering how good the first one was. So Yeah, because the well, first one really was great. That's too bad. Well, I, I want to yeah, check it out sad. anyway to see. What and speaking of risky sequels, the actor Jay Bruchel is going to be doing his directorial <laughs> debut. Um, he's going to direct. He's going to direct Goon Part Two, though, which was like one of my favorite sports films ever. And Jay Bruchel was hilarious in the original, so I have high hopes that maybe that little Canuck will be able to pull it out. I mean, it's a movie about hockey. I mean, that little Canadian should be able to make make a hell of a film out of that, right? 
you would think. <laughs> I mean, he's got a Maple Leaf tattoo. That Obviously, if he's Canadian, he should know how to make a hockey movie. Yeah, that guy was born to make a hockey movie, right? Those pesky Canadians, that's all they know is their hockey and their bacon. Come on now. That's, uh, that's and, no, and their Tim Hortons donuts. <laughs> they like their Tim Horton donuts. They like their donuts also, yes. Donuts are good. Come on, eh? Let's go like, to Tim Hortons get some donuts, eh? Let's eat, drink some Elsinore beer. and Yeah, eh? Love Canadians. Uh, anyway, what's the last thing on the uh, the round table there before we move on to our uh, next segment of the show? Okay, we get our we get the first trailer for the new Steve Jobs movie starring Michael Fartbender. And watching it, I say, <laughs> "What's your problem you see, with him?" Are you, I say, if "He's you a see good actor." One, if you see one Steve Jobs film, you've seen them all. I like Michael Fassbender. It's just a nickname that I gave him, Michael Fartbender. It's not mean. It's just kind of juvenile. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> It's not me. It's just kind of like five year old. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was called that in elementary school. He's used to. It. I, I think in his entire life, nobody's ever called him Fartbender except for you. Exactly. <laughs> You're the first person who probably has ever even mentioned that. He's probably listening to this one day, and he's going to be like, "What? What did he come up with such a thing? Fartbender? It... I hope he comes after me and tries to pull the fillings out of my teeth all Magneto style. <laughs> that, that'd be epic. I hope you call me Fartbender. Uh, Say bye bye to your feelings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope somebody YouTube's that and puts it on YouTube if it ever happens. Uh, oh man, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think we need another Steve Jobs movie. Honestly, uh, you know, I was kind of happy when uh, Christian Bale dropped out of that film, and it looked like it was not going to happen because honestly, we don't need another Steve Jobs movie. Uh, the movie Jobs with uh, Anderson Kutcher was fine enough as it was. I actually enjoyed that movie. I thought it was pretty decent. So, uh, why are they making another movie? It makes no sense. Uh, online, people tell me that like Aaron Sorkin wrote the screenplay, so it's going to be different. Who I, cares? I don't see really how. What are they focusing Sorkin? on this time to differentiate it between the one that we just saw with Ashton Kutcher? They're going to make it more of him as an asshole, from what I understand. It's going to be all about, like, kind of a bash-type film of him. Like, is what oh, okay. See, Aston Kutcher, they kind of, like, they did. A, they showed him as kind of like an asshole, but, like, they, they did the good things, too. This one, it's going to be one of those more kind of, like, ones where they just completely paint the picture of him kind of just being uh, um, a, ba- a barbarian of Silicon Valley. It's going to be like that. In this one, he actually slaughters people, and, and he hangs yeah. people, and he crucifies the enemy. Wow, just Microsoft. just like Khan in Star Trek Two, pretty Maybe. much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 and no. This no, one, no. He's, he's a darkness. And this one, he's not only trying to take over the world with technology; he's actually trying to kill everyone involved. Wow. I think I think Henry Cavill Superman's going to have to take him down. I mean, they really yeah, sounds like they're going they're going like... dark with this. They're going real dark with this Jaws Jobs movie. It's, they, they should just make this Jaws instead of Jobs. <laughs> that that like would when, make more sense. Wow. Like when he's walking onto the screen, instead of like you know having like regular uh, you know soundtrack music, they should have the theme from Jaws. Dun 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 dun. And then he starts talking. The iPod. Dun 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 dun. It's such a great revolutionary device. Dun 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 dun. It's a shark. Anyway, what else we have? Any any final news items for the week? Just that joke thing I put up about like DC um, suing Brianna if she tries to go with her real name Robin, but that's that was just a joke. Story. Oh, that's so stupid, too. Is that a real was, story? I, or is that a joke? No, it was a joke, dude. It was from Outhouse oh, okay. News. So, oh, jeez. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> I read. 
Yeah, I read that. I, and I wasn't sure that, how to take that. I was like, I just really? thought it was funny because it was about her name being Robin. I mean, I thought maybe you guys would get a kick out of that aspect of it. Yeah, well, nobody needs Robin. Her name is Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Robin is the greatest cinematic character in the history of cinema. He was in Batman and Robin, the greatest movie of all times. <laughs> well, he'll be in the new Teen Titans coming up from TNT, right? No, no, he oh, will Robin be Nightwing. He will be Nightwing. He won't Nightwing, be Robin. Okay. Be well, maybe, well, maybe Wobbin will still be in there because you, there's been several different up, yeah. times. Yeah, Wed Wobbin, yeah. he'll be showing up. Oh, okay, cool. Wed Wobbin, yum. <laughs> yeah, whenever I eat, I, I, I call that place Jim Drake, so I don't ever call it Red Robin when I eat there. <laughs> Wed Wobbin. <laughs> really, they should never bring Robin back. Like Robin is the worst character to bring into a Batman. They, they just universe. brought Damian Wayne back to life, dude. So like, they, they're never gonna well, let Robin like die. Back. Actually, I wouldn't like, mind seeing them bring in Damian Wayne into the the cinematic universe at one point. You know, at some point, uh, but the Dick Grayson character uh, really bugs the hell out of me. Oh come uh, on, they're bringing Jason. Aren't they bringing Jason Todd back for? Uh... The for Hood. the Batman versus Superman, isn't he going to be like they're going to show the Joker killing him or something? I mean, because he's been that's, cast. That's a rumor. Yeah, that's a rumor. I don't know if he, it's that's a rumor. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, he has been cast in the movie, though. He the character. You know what's cast. funny though, from all from all intents and purposes, what it's looking more and more like is like we're not going to see Robin at any point. We're just going to have him be dead during the whole uh, Suicide Squad or. You know, it, like maybe the the Red Hood will show up and he gets killed, but you won't actually see him ever as Robin. Like we might never see Robin on the big screen. Why would again. they kill the Red Hood? That would suck. Like the Red Hood was like so much cooler than Jason Todd ever was as Robin. Well, that the, was the, the best thing that could have happened to that loser was dying and the, then having. The, yeah, the point is though, we're we're never going to see Robin again, and I think that's a good thing. Robin. What? No more Robin. I thought. Now, moving on, because we only have a few minutes left, uh, let's go to the next segment here, which is, of course, the box office top ten for the week. Are you guys ready for this? Yay. Yay, box office report for the week. And uh, guess what? Uh, Mad Max got bitch or pitch slapped this week. That's right. Tom Hardy and George Miller uh, with their Mad Max Fury Road were ran over by Anne Kendrick, Elizabeth Banks, and the young harmonizers of Pitch Perfect 2. Okay. And there's probably a real Who, good reason for that. I'll, I'll yeah, lay it out right stupid. now. No, 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 no. You can keep that to yourself, homie, because none yes, of us yes. care. <laughs> no, well, hey, I'm going ex- to explain <laughs> Hold on, hold on. We, yeah, hold on. We, don't got, we, we don't got time for all that. Hold on. Okay, go, go, ahead. go ahead. In go a ahead. game of chicken between two sequels and equally passionate fan bases, and, and, but at the end, uh, the movie Pitch Perfect 2 won out uh, with a robust $70.3 million this weekend uh, at the box office. Mad Max Fury Road took in a meager $44 million. For its opening weekend, yeah, uh, which is which is really bad considering the movie cost a hundred and fifty million dollars to make. Uh, it, it's going to be tougher to uh, to gain back what it you know costs. It, it has to break even at three hundred million, guys. That's mm-hmm. not going to be easy for that movie considering that opening and how fast movies drop off nowadays. So very I don't, disappointing. I don't get it because that movie is completely fucking amazing. Dude. I've heard people like, say it's I've... a masterpiece, so I, I don't get it either. Uh, yeah, there's not there's. If, if people would rather go see a wow. fat girl sing pop songs, and that's on them, man. Because like Mad like, Max Fury really... Road, you you should punch yourself in the face for not going and yeah, seeing. Yeah, Mad that. Max should have opened at 160 million, 140 million, 100, even 100 million would have been great opening. Uh, but 44 million, that is horrible. 
Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron was number three with $38 million, which is good for its third week. It's ready uh, about its total budget or total gross to $372 million domestically, which is really good. It's on pace for uh, close to $500 million at the end of its uh, run, which is excellent. Uh, number four, Hot Pursuit with $5 million. Number five, Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, the movie that never <laughs> needed to get made. It's still in the top five at $3 million. Number uh, six, Furious 7 brought in $3 million also. Number seven, The Age of Adeline brought in $3 million as well. $3 million, you know, it's a few hundred thousand less than the previous That's movie. That's the but... chick flick version of Highlander. Yeah, that crap. Number eight, Home <laughs> brought in $2.7 million. I've never seen Home. You guys seen that movie? Home? I haven't it's a seen it no, Tim Johnson. It's a sequel. It's like it's like Up, right? It's like yeah, it's got, it's got Robin, it's got Robin in it or Rihanna. She's in it. Oh, I like Rihanna. Yeah, she's uh, cute. X Machina. It's uh number nine of the piece, uh, man. That's yeah, a great. That's film. a great movie. movie. Yeah, it's fantastic. Have to see that movie. And uh, number ten this week, far from the middle, or wait, far from the Madeline crowd or Madding crowd, I guess. Far from the Madding crowd. I uh, brought in 1.3 million. That's number ten at the box office. Never even is, heard of that movie. Far is from that the a movie crowd. about people that play the game Madden, like Madden I football? No, I don't think that's based. That's based on a that's based on the classic piece of literature. So that's. that's I was joking. Far hey, dude, from the Madden crowd. Madden. You gotta learn. You gotta okay. learn wow. my shitty like satire, man. My bad. It is no. shitty. Okay. Yeah. I'm not picking up on your cues properly. <laughs> my bad, Oscar. I, 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 I just clearly not. <laughs> All right, now now that's the box office results for this week, guys. Not good. Not good at all. But now we have our own personal top ten list to go over. We only have about ten minutes before we got to leave for the evening. So uh, kicking it off, this week's top ten list is our top ten favorite fight sequences in movies. Johnny Alpha, go for it. You go first. At number ten, I got the end battle in Tetsuo 2 Body Hammer. At number nine, I got Donnie Yen's jiu-jitsu fight in the gambling den at the beginning of Special ID. At number eight, I got the fight scene with the baseball bat dude and the hammer girl from The Raid 2. You know when they're just like taking out the other gang members? Love that sequence. Okay, at number seven, I got the end fight from Chocolate. It's just like this 25-minute epic that takes place on top of a building and then on front of it. It's so amazing if you haven't seen it. Okay, at number six, I got the highway, uh, the hallway fight from episode two of Daredevil. At number five, I got the fight um, with Batrock the Leaper and Captain America 2 Winter Soldier. At number four, I have the um, the duel um, at, at the beginning of Eat Man between him and the, the bandit guy. At number three, I have the knife fight from the end of Man from Nowhere. At number two, I have the end fight... Um, for the Suzuron School in the first Crow Zero movie. And at number one, I got the hallway fight scene from Old Boy, the Chan Park Wook version, of course. Nice list. See, I, I almost put Daredevil in there. Also, same scene, too, the, the, the uh, hallway scene. Just missed my list, though, but that's an excellent list. <laughs> Oscar Benjamin, the Compassionate Wolf, what is your top ten this week? Okay, at number ten, I have uh, Sigourney Reaver, of course, as Ripley and Aliens, battling, of course, the... The monstrous alien, the mother alien. <laughs> Great sequence. Oh, yeah. Number, yeah, number nine, I have uh, the sequence where the um, Persians are being kicked off the, the cliff in 300. Love that sequence. Love that fight. Fantastic. 
Number eight, I have, this is an unusual choice. I'm sure many of you think it's an unusual choice. Uh, Rocky versus, of course, Drago in Rocky Four. Love oh, that fight. No. Oh, that's, that's in my list. Oh, is it? Okay, I, good. Yes. <laughs> I must break you. Great minds think alike, my friend. Okay, number number seven. This is the another controversial scene, or I should say controversial choice. The fight sequence, the extended fight sequence of the Man of Steel. Incredibly epic, pure comic book on a, on a scale unseen no. before. Buildings falling, no. people fighting each other no. in the sky. It's beautiful, beautiful no. sequence. I love it. Number six, um, Old Boy, which of course was on um, Johnny's list. That's of course the original version. Number five, The Empire Strikes Back: Luke versus Darth Vader. An incredible, incredible fight sequence, which had the stunning, of course, reveal at the end. Number four, um, who saw that coming, right? <laughs> <laughs> Number four. J- of course, um, Bullet in the Head. I don't know how many of you have seen this film. Love really? that film. Love yeah. that film. By John Woo. It's a, tr- it's an incredible motion picture. The fight sequences are incredible. What's and the one, right? The ending, no. the ending is magnificent. No. Or is that a different kind of bullet to the head? No, he's bullet talking about the, the John Woo one. Like John Woo. Based oh, off of he's it. talking about a bullet in the head. Yeah, this is no, the it's John called Woo. Bullet ah. in the Head. Gotcha. Yeah, okay, yeah you're thinking okay. about you're talking about the Walter Hill movie with Sylvester Stallone based off the Matt's graphic novel. Yeah, no, I'm not. Sucked. I'm not talking about that movie. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I was. <laughs> oh, yeah. that movie sucks. I, number, I was telling Jack that he had the wrong one. Yeah, number three, Kill Bill Volume One. With the sequence, of course, where um, she's fighting against the eighty-eight, the eighty-eights, I believe they're called, right? Oh, that just missed my list. That's great. Scene. Yeah, that's a fantastic scene. Number two, this is an unusual choice, but I love it because it's a it's a short and a logical fight sequence. Raiders of the Lost Ark, where Indiana Jones, of course, just picks up his gun and shoots that. The guy twirling his sword. I love that fight sword sequence. Sword of Cairo, yeah, <laughs> yeah, awesome. that's a. And number one, this is my all-time favorite scene. Um, of course, Bruce Lee in the Hall of Mirrors from Enter the Dragon. Incredible fight sequence awesome. from an incredible action actor who is sadly gone now. Yes, so, there you go. Awesome list. Uh, is that right, or do you uh, have a list? Uh, I don't have a list. I didn't see the top ten until it was too late, so I didn't get a chance to do oh. it. I figured. Any notable uh, ideas, though? Any uh, movies? Well, I, I was thinking uh, of the uh, final fight sequence. You mentioned, you know, Bruce Lee. You brought up the, you know, Enter the Dragon. I was thinking of the final fight sequence in uh, Bruce Lee's uh, Game of Death against oh, yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which was, which was a fantastic fight scene in and of itself. That yes. would definitely make that would have definitely made my top ten list probably close to number one. And I also. Uh, I was thinking about John Woo movies, uh, particularly the uh, scene in A Better Tomorrow, in which oh, the, yes. in which in which Chow Yun Fat is trying to get away with the with the with the tape that's necessary, you know, for the for to make the money and stuff. Awesome, awesome scenes. But I don't know. I'd have to do a top ten. But I, you know, that's those are just a couple of mentions that would have probably been on my list had I. Well. A couple of nice mentions. Uh, now I'm going to give my top ten list, uh, if you gentlemen don't mind. <laughs> and here we go. Number ten on my list is going to be actually a scene out of a Bruce Lee movie. It's actually a fight sequence with Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris. Oh, yeah, to death. They... Love that scene. Yeah, 
Anything where Bruce Lee is, you know, worth watching. I mean, Bruce Lee is yeah, the greatest martial artist ever. So. There's a real tender, there's a real sense of tragedy in that scene, too, which is re- yeah. really makes it that added level of, you know, authenticity to it. So I love that scene. Yeah, yeah, it's Chuck Norris's fa- uh, body hair. It's tragic. <laughs> there's so much body hair. <laughs> Chest is just, uh, it's crazy, man. It's woofing. Uh, number nine on my list, the Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn fight from the Phantom Excellent. Menace. Love that fight sequence. I don't care what nobody says about that movie. That sequence is awesome till this day. Uh, number eight on my list, Rocky versus Drago from Rocky IV. Mm-hmm. Love that sequence or that fight. Uh, number seven, and by the way, better fight than Pacquiao and Mayweather. Oh, right? anything. Oh, 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 you mean the prom, you mean the prom dance? The... Yeah, that, that did. That wow. uh, number seven on my list, the Hulk versus Iron Man in Avengers 2. Uh, or the, or the uh, Super Iron Man, whatever, the Super uh, Hulkbuster. Hulkbuster uh, armor. That was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, number six on my list, Rocky versus Apollo from Rocky 1. Mm-hmm. Great fight. Uh, number five, Batman versus Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. You've Which merely fight? adapted to oh. the light. Oh, wow. He breaks his back. The, I both love both that the scene. fights were really good, so that's why I asked. No, but I love that scene. Like The dialogue in that scene is so awesome. You've merely adapted the darkness. You know, like that whole sequence is just incredible. I literally, when I sat in theaters, watched that movie, I had chills in my like in my, the back of my neck and in my arms from that sequence and the dialogue that Bane was spitting out. It was just incredible. Uh, number three, Vader, and this is going to get all Star Wars on you guys. Number three, uh, actually number four, I'm sorry. Number four, Blade versus the Vampires. Remember the Blood Rave from Blade? Oh, that's, the very... yeah, that's a great scene. Yeah, Love that sequence. Yeah. Love that scene. Uh, the only, number... only thing I didn't like about it is watching Tracy Lords die. Yep. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> number three on my list, Vader versus Luke in Return of the Jedi. Final mm. scene of that was awesome. And, uh, yeah, you know, that ended the uh, trilogy, and the Jedi's won. Number two on my list, Vader versus Obi-Wan. Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> Vader versus Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith. Which was an amazing battle. It was a, a huge fight that went on forever. It felt like uh, on Mustafar, and it was just a, an awesome scene. And uh, again, Revenge of the Sith is my second favorite Star Wars movie after Empire Strikes Back. Wow, so, really? Love that. Yeah, I love Revenge of the Sith. Oh yeah. Uh, number one on my list: Vader versus Luke, Empire Strikes Back, the greatest movie ever made. Empire Strikes Back, greatest sequence ever made ever on, on film, where Vader reveals that he is his uncle's f- former roommate. <laughs> Wait, that's not it. I went to college. I went to college with your dad. With your with roommate. <laughs> yeah. Now that that's my top it, ten. I have a, I have an honorable mention. The Midnight Dojo fight scene from Black Belt Jones starring Jim Kelly. That That is such a hilarious nice. one. That's a good yeah. scene. Yeah. Actually, my honorable mention, and it will be number 11 on my list, really, is the Thor versus Iron Man versus Captain America scene from Avengers 1. That sequence where they're fighting in Thor and Iron Man, and Captain America comes in at the very the very end of it, and yeah. Loki's looking on you know to the side. That whole scene is badass. I mean, Thor versus Iron Man. I mean, really, that's just incredible. Uh, there you go. That's my top ten list. That's my honorable mention, guys. We're all out of time. The Outer Edge is next with William Michael Mott and Tim Schwartz. The Schwarzenegger is on. It's been fun, guys. Another uh, epic roundtable show in the can. We'll be back next week on Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, gentlemen. Speaking of, sh- crowd. Good night. Speaking of Schwarzenegger, that Good Maggie movie is coming out on video. Which Good one? night. Stay classy. Maggie, that zombie movie he's got, that's straight to video. I didn't it see is. It's, it's that. It's on uh, demand. It's on demand already. Yeah. Mm, wow. Uh, I'm going to check that out. Anyway, we're out of here. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>